talking gut-wrenching goodbyes, and even a couple Edward episodes. So saddle up and get ready to carry that weight as we cover the back half of Cowboy Bebop. Cody, 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 welcome back. We are we are here for episode three of Shonen and Suds. How the hell are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm very excited to cover this part of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, we I know we talked a little bit about before the cast. We said that this is our favorite half of the series, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, Chris, before we get into all that, what you drinking tonight, buddy? Well, you know, you know, I wanted to have a beer tonight, but I opened the fridge and realized I'm out of beer. Oh, so I had to had to call an audible. Exactly, big oof. Um, so I had to steal some of my wife's vodka and some of her cranberry juice. So we're having we're just having vodka cranberries tonight, sir. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. An oldie but a goodie. That's right. <laughs> Well, Chris, How about you, bud? what are you drinking? What are you drinking? You know, I picked up some beers the other day, so let me get the crack out of the way here. Oh, man. Thunderous. The Chris. thunderous roar of Chris. cracking. What, <laughs> so, so what are you cracking? That's the real thing. We got another Anheuser-Busch staple here. It's That's what you, that's what you drink out in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a, we, got, we got the big, tall boy and natty light here. Natural light. Oh. Uh, it says brewed in America since 1977. Mm-mm-mm. So, you know. Can you oh. cue the Hulk Hogan theme music right there? <laughs> I'll see what I can do, man. This is this is a uh, this is a Midwest trailer park staple here. I mean, mm, love it, that. This is where it's love at. That. But of course, you know, before we get too deep into this, you know, what are we doing here, Cody? This is Shonen and Suds. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and I'm Cody Snagress. You know, I didn't even realize we didn't say and, our names. <laughs> and what we talk about on this cast, we just break down anime, movies, TV series, and we just shoot the shit about them. You know, what we liked, what we didn't like, we talk about the episodes, and, you know, we just have a good time and sip on some cocktails while we're doing it. And don't worry, Cody, I got the, I got the flow of this thing down, so. That's good. We gotta have somebody to keep us on track, yeah? <laughs> it's, you know, it's okay. It's what I do. It's what I do best. <laughs> but, like I said, so you, you've got your rock gut, I've got my schwill. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and just kind of dive right in, man. So we're covering... Episodes 14 through 26 of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And you had kind of alluded to it earlier, man. The back nine of this thing is uh, it's very enjoyable. Um, now, granted, I say that, and it does have my least favorite episode. But it also includes my two favorite episodes. And, you know, if the Scott Steiner math checks out, you know, it's that, that's better. You know, numbers don't lie. But, you know, I'm ready to dive right in, Cody. Well, I mean, well, before we dive in, what did, what did you think? Like, overall, well, overall, now that we're done with the series, like, what are your overall impressions? Not, I mean, we don't have to do a deep dive, but, like, do you, after finishing the series, do you still feel that, like, does it still hold the same kind of weight that it did, you know, the first time you saw it? Oh, absolutely. I think it gets better and better every time I watch it. There's more things I notice. Um, just really get to realize how good the show truly is. Dude, Absolutely. Absolutely, the characters grow on me a little bit more. I, I find some new, some different nuances. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I appreciate more of the pop culture references, which this half of it is fucking filled to the brim with them. Yeah, but, yeah. And speaking of the pop culture references, like the more media I consume, uh, the more like things I understand. So, like when I was younger and I watched this, there's tons of things I would have missed that I wouldn't have realized now. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. There's a lot. There's a lot to take in. So, Cody, why don't you take us away? Let's go. Right into um, the lovingly named Bohemian Rhapsody, episode 14. All right, so this one uh, starts off... We... <laughs> What's it about, Cody? Talk to me, Goose. What did, what did we watch? Well, it's not about the Queen song, unfortunately. Um, 
but oh yeah um but we got a group of thugs that are essentially like there's i guess they're stealing money from the astral gates yeah almost like they're uh, they're like laundering money i think or something like that where yeah. the whole thing ends up being like a massive like money laundering scheme if i'm not mistaken yeah the way i i i see like that it made sense to me is it seems like these are like sort of like a toll bridge basically where like when a ship pulls up they gotta pay a little bit of money and these 20 thugs essentially are it seems like they're taking all of the money from the uh-huh. the ship's account or however that works in space i don't know that's probably the same way they just do their little credit cards and transfer their credits. You know, it's it's the space age. They can do what they can do all kinds of things. Right. Uh, the Gate Corporation. They're getting uh, a t- tons of complaints, basically, um, and so they they put out a twelve million Wulong bounty uh, to capture the mastermind, and that's essentially what uh, Jet Spike and Fair they're trying to find him, basically, uh-huh. with with the help of Edward, of course. Um, gotcha, because they. Because they capture the uh, they capture the thugs, but they don't get paid unless they get the mastermind of this thing. Right, which is really unfortunate because obviously our crew here they've been on a string of bad luck for a while. But uh, oh, indeed, indeed, they're they're coming off coming off hot uh, from uh, you know from getting shot, getting captured, um, damn near getting killed by an old by an old lobster. <laughs> so yeah, they they're definitely uh, been down on their luck. But uh, go ahead and continue, my friend. Uh, tell us what we're getting into. Well, Chris, the only thing that the three of our heroes have uh, come up with from capturing these 20 criminals is these three identical E-chess pieces, um, which they really don't know too much about. Fortunately, uh, Edward is uh, messing around with some cables and uh, gets shocked, but uh, <laughs> manages to hook up this E-chess like, like board. It's pretty much like a good e- chess board. Like, and well, the thing is... Like, I feel like Ed just kind of already knows what's going on. It, it's just typical Ed, like, just kind of already on the next page, it seems like. Right, she's always, like, two steps ahead. Always. Because yeah, they're, like, this is all going on while they're just they're just shooting the shit about, like, uh, like space gates and how it all works and shit. Right, so uh, she, has, she has Jet for his chess piece and uh, uses it to connect with, uh, essentially, like, a cyber opponent, opponent who is known as mm-hmm. Chessmaster Hex. And essentially, Edward doesn't think it has anything to do with like what Jet, Spike, and Faye are talking about. Um, but then we see on the other end, we see an old man and says that a new game has started, basically. Um, and so those two basically start playing while the other three characters go on their way trying to figure out where the mastermind is. Yeah, and we're also introduced to a, another character here when uh, when Jet goes to the gate court. Um, he meets uh, an, another old buddy of his, uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, who also had you know has some skin in this game. Um, now, as far as based on what they've been talking about, like you, you kind of get this idea that the the gate corp is definitely hiding something. Like t- typical, you know, corporation shit, right? Like there, there's something clearly going on behind the scenes. Yeah. <clears throat> so don't want to dive too much into that because it's just you know a lot of just you know. Um, just, just kind of just a lot of back and forth and, and speculation. Um, really, again, we just kind of go back like Ed, Ed pretty much spends the rest of this episode playing chess, um, which is kind of cool. We'll kind of talk about that. Um, then you see pretty much uh, Spike and Faye, um, they still got their chess pieces, so they start to analyze that. Really, all they find is just, you know, like chess data, essentially. Um, 
And of course, Ed makes a, there, again, goes back to them playing chess. Um, one of the cool things about this, what I want to point out is the two games that you actually see getting played in this game. Um, the one specific, There's one against uh, Chessmaster Hex versus Deep Blue, and then there's one that gets played against Ed. These are actually, the, the moves that take place, the sequence of moves, are actually based on real chess games. Um, not like modern chess games, we're talk talking like from like the 1860s, like super, super old archaic chess games, but like famous nonetheless. So it's kind of a deep cut that the, the chess moves you see aren't just random you know, aren't just random bleeps and bloops or, like, just two randos playing chess. It's, like, two world-class players from the 1860s uh, playing <laughs> chess, which is really, really cool. But, you know, but I digress a little bit. So, <clears throat> so pretty much what happens is they figure out who Chess Master Hex is. Um, they find out that um, he's just an old programmer. He was a prodigy. Um, played, um, played in, you know, um, like galactic chess tournaments mm -hmm. uh, but also and this is where it kind of ties into a previous episode he um he was part of the hyperspace gate the hyperspace gate project um and i want to say he kind of warned everybody that this it's not ready like this project is not ready to go which remember in the episode with win where he the the, the, the astral gate incident mm-hmm that that's what he was trying to prevent. That's what he was warning. Like this stuff isn't ready. This, something bad is going to happen. So, and so they pretty much fired him and they built the gates anyway. And we know how that ended up at first. Um, and apparently he had just been pieced out for the last like 50 or so years. But yeah, so, so at this point, well, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, please go ahead. By all means. Well, Spike Gives and Oh, no, you're good. Uh, Spike and Faye have been, they've kind of figured out the location of uh -huh. Chassmaster Hex, um, but little do they know that Jonathan is actually following behind them, uh -huh. uh, the friend from Jet's past. Um, uh -huh. So eventually, they, they figure out, they find Hex, they bust into his room, and they <laughs> they basically learn that he's just a kind of like a senile old man just kind of sitting there playing a chess game. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's, he's no, like, crazy criminal or anything that they really like expected like he's just no not really even a mastermind he's just a guy playing chess yeah and uh it's like they don't really know what to do with him like when like when they're in the point where they can just like capture him but they're just like he's not dangerous he's just an old just an old geezer yeah and then jonathan he busts in um and hex like he basically just goes hey guys can you get can you keep it down while i'm playing this game <laughs> yeah, because what I, what I like about this episode is once again, like the three the, the the three old guys you see in pretty much every episode, um, are are here and they're like they're they're having like random ass conversations with the old man. Like he's like, oh, they like something about like I forget what he says. Like he's ready for lunch, but they're like, dude, you just ate that kind of thing. Like typical old man dementia, Alzheimer's type conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was actually wondering if that was always the same three guys that are in because you see him in a, yeah. quite a few episodes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to say it is them. Um, they have names like one. Of, I, I think it's like Tony and Carlos and like Joe or, or some shit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds it sounds like something. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, I, I think those are their names, but I don't know. I'd, I'd have to actually look that up online. I actually want to look that up now while I'm thinking about it. Okay. 
bear with me. We're looking. But um, really, to kind of wrap this episode up, um, they pretty much leave him alone, and Ed plays, finishes playing their game. Ed actually loses yep. the chess game, and then, like, Hex just dies. Yeah, it's kind so, of... So, kind of, kind of a weird ending. But, um... Yeah, the, uh, unfortunately... Antonio, I... Carlos, and Jobin. Okay. That's their names. Okay, okay I, was, I was real fucking close. Yeah, I didn't know if we'd have, like, a, like the Three Stooges names, or what we'd have, um... I mean, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Um... But no, like, yeah, really the big thing here, um, like I said, really the big pop culture reference in this episode is the chess matches, and I actually do a little bit of digging to find that, because um, you see, like, some sites will say, hey, like, these are actual chess matches, and you can actually pull them up and, like, actually watch the matches play out, like, on digital chess boards. It's really, really cool, so if anybody likes chess, um, and I actually like chess, that's why I really kind of dig this episode. But it's a fun one. No, still back in that formula of, you know, Enemy of the week, uh, villain of the week, enemy of the week with the, uh, you know, because we don't really, we don't really get back into vicious and stuff for a while, honestly. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a couple villains of the weeks, and then we're gonna have some deep dives into our, some of our characters. Um, and speaking of which, speaking that, of, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, that'll bring us into uh, session number fifteen, which is my funny Valentine, uh, which is where we're gonna dive into a little bit of uh, phase past. Um, and this is the one that kind of starts off where you, you see, like, all these doctors, really, like, uh-huh. like, and a woman, she's, like, in, like encased, basically. Um, uh-huh. And at first I was kind of confused about this, uh, just because I hadn't seen the, the episode in a while. Um, uh-huh. But later on we'll figure out that that's Faye, obviously. But then flashback to the present. Uh, everybody's on the bebop. No food, once again. Uh, no fuel. <laughs> Jesus. Nothing. Yeah, high and Nothing. dry, high and dry again. Once, <laughs> um, yeah, because like they, they they have some food, but it's like long since gone bad. Yeah, unless you're Edward, you're not eating that. Uh. <laughs> oh, pretty much, pretty much, because that uh, and there, this is where they um they they're pretty much like we'll fucking take anything at this point. So they find like a they find like a kind of a bullshit bounty. Yeah, and of like just some some like I don't know, he's just somebody who like like. I don't know. He like yeah, fucks with women. That's yeah, really what he does. He basically, is like a like a seducer. Um, yeah. Basically, just to try and get some money to have some food, essentially. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Ein basically wakes Faye up from his barking, uh, and Faye says that he kind of reminds her of somebody from her past. Um, and he uh, asks, or she asks Ein, the dog, like if he wants to know a story about her past. Uh, and this is where which like. Is ironic. That it's like really, really the person she's talking to is not only a dog, but like the smartest person on the ship. Right. And it seems like, I don't know when we actually like see Faye, like she just suddenly like remembers this stuff. Like, are it, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what caused it. At least I can't remember again. I, I watched these episodes way earlier in the week. Yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of just like she's starting to like slowly get her memories back, essentially. Um. And we meet a character named Bacchus, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, yeah, Bacchus. And basically... Uh, he's, a, he's a doctor. Oh, this is... Because this goes back to... Um, it, I, I want to say this is like another This is another flashback. Yeah, so it's basically Faye waking up, and she's basically been like in a cryogenic type of sleep. We also meet Mrs. Manley, who's like Bacchus' uh, assistant, um, and she's doing the math on the chart. comes up with a hefty fucking... Uh, 
uh, American style uh, healthcare bill here. Yeah, I think it's like over three hundred million. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 juicy. Yeah, it's over three hundred million oolongs. Um, but basically, Faye was in an an accident um, mm-hmm. when she was twenty years old, and uh, they basically froze her, which is kind of strange. But <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you look back, kind of at the nineties, you know, this is kind of you know a tale of the times, cryogenic freezing. Like go back and look at like all the movies from like the mid to late nineties when they needed to take somebody into the future, like Demolition Man. Look at Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. They straight up cryogenically froze them, sent them to the future. Like that's that was that was the big thing. That was the the big thing in the nineties, and this really plays on that. Yeah. So, so she wakes up. So no, go ahead, please. Yeah. So she's basically approached by a lawyer who's uh, Whitney Matsumoto. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically. Hey, Whitney Matsumoto. I, I believe so. Is that another pop culture <laughs> reference? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but basically, he offers to uh, to kind of help her out, just because obviously she's just awoken to basically like a new life that she has no recollection really of her past, and she essentially owes these doctors three hundred million dollars. But he's kind of helping her out, and then they start getting pursued by a collection agency, kind of like flash forward a little bit. Um, and, uh, and also, by the way, like he's very much like doing all kinds of things, you know, um, meals and clothes, very, very pretty woman esque kind of things going on. Oh yeah, he's he's whining and dining there. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, essentially, one of these like collection agency ships kind of catches up with them, um, and he tells her basically to run because uh-huh. if they if they're both together, they're both going to get caught. Um, so she basically gets out of the car, she starts running, and then all of a sudden you see a huge explosion behind her, and basically we're pres- it's presumed that he's dead at this point. Yep, and then this is the most fucked up part of the episode. <laughs> she pretty much gets named this guy's sole heir, and all she has is just a mountain of debt. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets, she gets fucked super, super hard here. It's so jacked. Yeah, when you're first watching it, like you think there might be like, oh, maybe he's like some like billionaire or something. Nope, he's actually just got even more debt to add on to your pile. So, yep. <laughs> and like, so then it like, cuts back and like, Spike's like, "Hey, you're full of shit." <laughs> no, he says her story needs editing. <laughs> yeah, a right. nice way of saying you're full of shit. Right, right, right. So, and then it's funny. The uh, so to kind of tie it all back together, the bounty that Spike got is actually fucking Matsumoto. Yeah, the guy we uh, we we assumed is dead at this point from the explosion. But. Yep, and it's definitely doesn't look the same. Just uh, he's uh, he's put on some chunk. Yeah, he's put on his his quarantine weight. You know. No, he's definitely put on the quarantine weight. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, have to refill after this. After we talk about this episode, my man. These things yeah. go down so smooth. It's not all shonen. We're 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 half suds too, sir. That's right. Um, but basically, Matsumoto um says that the doctor from back then, uh, who's now passed away. Uh, that he was protecting him, and that Matsumoto essentially had to cooperate with him. Um, and now he's showing some signs of regret. Oh, man, we got those beer burps, Chris. Uh, no, dude, I'm telling you, you got to have the burp counter, my dude. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I mean, just, I mean, really to kind of wrap this one up, I mean, again, we're kind of coming down the home stretch of this episode, not to go too deep into it. Um, you know, they, pretty, they, they get him in custody. <laughs> he pretty much feeds Faye the same old bullshit. Uh, I loved you. I loved you this whole time, and you know, but he's just like, nah, I'm just lying to you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. But, you know, they get, they get the bounty. Um, and, uh, and then, um, but what's really cool, like, Jet actually does Faye, like, a super solid at the end of the episode. Um, he gives Faye her cut, but, like, he adds a little extra to it. He says he pretty much added a, another zero to the total. So, after all the bullshit, like, this is one of those episodes I really like the way it ended. Like, just showing that Jet has just, like, a super heart of gold. Um, and that they're kind of taking a liking to Faye. You know? I mean, she's, she's, part, she's one of the boys now, right? Yeah. Even though she runs away, it's what seems like every other episode. But you know, yeah, she's growing like 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 a like a, like a nice little wart. She's just growing on him. Um, now, one of the cool things in this episode, uh, one of the cool pop culture references, is when you see Faye's cryopod. Um, if you pause it and take a look, you'll see a Star Trek reference, and uh, you know, if you dig deeper, it's a Doctor Who reference. Um, uh, there, there's a code on top of the on like the, the panel. It says NCC one seven zero one B. That's uh, that's the Enterprise. That's that's its um, it's I don't know what the word. It's I don't know what the I forget what that registry. It's the the ship registry uh, for of the Enterprise NCC one seven zero one, and there was A B C D and E. So that's a you know kind of a deep nod there. Then it has a date eleven twenty three sixty three. Um, if you dig, that's actually the air date of the original Doctor Who. Jesus, all right. <laughs> yeah. So a couple just. Semi deep cut, um, you know, because I, I, I noticed the NCC one seven zero one because I'm a big fucking Star Trek nerd, and I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. But no, this episode was fun. I actually, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, even though uh, I don't know, I, I'm not a fan of the amnesia cryo sleep. I just, I do just kind of wish like Faye's backstory was. I just want her to be a terrible person from start to finish, <laughs> not because she's just kind of stuck in this circumstance. I wanted her to be that way from the moment she realized she could squeal, like maybe as like a kid or something. But it's fine. You know, it's fine. I think this episode's still good. No, I think it's fine. I, I'm, and I like learning more of her backstory, although we don't... I, I want more out of it, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but for now, we're going to dive into some more of Jet's backstory. And session... no, this, this is a fun episode. This is actually my second favorite episode in the series. Oh, this is Session... session bleh. 16? Yeah, sorry, yeah. sessions, yeah, we're talking, these aren't episodes, these yeah. are sessions, pardon the shit out of me. <laughs> but this is Black Dog Serenade. Chris, yeah, you dude, you, you mean fucking Con Air and Space is what this is, my guy. That's exactly right. But uh, this one's cool, because uh, you, ha you have kind of like the main story going on, and, you know, these these inmates pretty much take over this prison prison ship that they're on, But so you've got that going on, but you also get these really cool, like, noir flashbacks from Jet, um... So I think that's really, really cool um, as we watch this episode unfold. Um, pardon me. So yeah, pretty much the, the, the main, there's a couple of main villains in this. You have Toucan and Udai. Um, and what's really cool about this one is, you know, they're, the ship's kind of derelict and dark, and you just, um, they pretty much take out everybody on this ship, and they start, some, each other, some, they kill some of the other prisoners, too. Um, but you find out... Um, Really, the, the big thing here is uh, Toucan. Um, he's an assassin from the Red Dra uh, Red Dragon Syndicate. So this is where you kind of start getting back into that overarching narrative, um, and you meet another syndicate uh, assassin or agent, however you want to call it. Um, but while that's going on, um, you're introduced to a um, another friend of Jets uh, by the name of Thad. Yeah, back on the Bebop. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, because this is where they, they pretty much find out that the, uh, when they hear the, the, sh- the prisoner ship's been overtaken. And of course, when, um, Jet and Thad meet each other, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they have a history. They were partners. Um, and of course, you know, and one of the cool little exchanges when they're, you know, talking about cigarettes and, you know, Jet offers him one. He's like, I don't really do that. You know, not really a world for smokers so much anymore. Um, and that's when they kind of, and after, after the banter, they just kind of dig right back in into what's going on. Um, and the, you know, we talk about Toucan, but the Udai, uh, Uday, Udai, however you want to pronounce that, mm-hmm. that that's somebody that they, that Jet and uh, Fad have a past with. But I, yeah, that's, and then you kind of, um, it goes to, you know, the noir flashback where um, this, they, they confront and uh, they corner Udai. And pretty much... You, you see that there's a um, it's like a setup. They, they get him cornered. Yeah, it's a setup. Yeah, Jet's right. been set up, and it kind of alludes that this is where he lost his arm. Yeah, because basically, these there's a, a spotlight kind of goes on him, and then yep. you hear the gunshot, and you it kind of then it kind of flashes back to present day. So the whole episode, you're kind of going through, like basically going back and forth between the noir flashback with Jet and Fad chasing Udai, and then Udai on like the Conair quote unquote Conair ship. Uh, and then them talking like in present day, um, but essentially then Fad and Jet decide that they're going to work together, basically one more time. One last ride. Yeah, you know, one last ride. That's what the boys do. Yeah, because I think Fad actually wants Jet to return to the ISSP. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Well, it seems like almost every one of Jet's friends that is still in the ISSP want him to come back, but he's just he's he's definitely left that life behind. So they basically um, decide to track. They think Jet thinks that Udai would be going back to Europa, um, just to try and rejoin basically the syndicate there. Uh, so Udai he actually contacts the European syndicate. Um, they basically refuse to work for him. Uh, at this point, Jet and them they're chasing after him, and I think that Fad actually crashes into the prison ship, right? I, think I it's believe so. Fad ship, um, yeah, because the, the ship's trying to break through an ISSP blockade. That's right, and then the other another prisoner actually shoots a rocket uh, to fast he, he, he actually gets out like he actually puts on like a fucking jumpsuit like a, to go out in space and just and just pops out of an airlock and just yeah and that's right as um and that's when they actually um well they're there he gets hit by the rocket um and crashes into the prison ship okay that's what it was and it was something yep. some kind of exchange like that um. But then Jet and Fad, they basically go on board to find Udai. Um, and basically, uh, Jet comes across him, and they start... Basically, Jet's getting his ass beat, honestly. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yep, and then, uh, so he he confronts Udai, um, and Udai actually um, it just kind of, kind of talk, tells Jet, like, hey, do you know what happened all those years ago? That yep. it was actually... Uh, it was actually... Uh, and, this is where it's kind of like classic noir, like, you know, let's just go ahead and turn the plot around. Thad was actually the one that set him up. It was, he was trying to get rid of Jet. Yeah. And as he's, as he's telling him the plot, actually, uh, um, Udai is actually killed by Thad. Yeah, and actually, while they're fighting, you see Thad, he goes to the cockpit of the ship. He kills the ex-police captain, and this is where he loads, like, the like the one in the chamber type thing. Yeah, a silver bullet for uh, for Udai or for Jet. At this point, at that point, you don't really know. But um, as it gets closer, you you kind of start. You, well, once Udai spills the beans, you kind of realize that 
you know, it's Thad was pretty much out to get Jet the whole time, and I'd be willing to bet that that bullet was actually meant for Jet as opposed to Udai. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Udai. Well, I think when Udai started spilling the beans, then I think uh-huh. I think he had to shoot him. Um, but yeah, it turns out Thad was actually on the syndicate's payroll. Um, mm-hmm. So then, um, let's see, Fad points the gun basically at Jet. Um, Jet dives to the ground, grabs another gun and fires. Um, but, like, there's no other bullet Fad could have fired, right? Because he shot Udai. Yeah, but that was it. And um, So, like, he knew so he was Jet, dead basically at that point. Yeah, I mean, the, the cat's out of the bag at this point. Jet's not, Jet, I mean, Jet's not going to let him go after that. I mean, he essentially tried to kill him and fucked his life up. Right. Um, so... Thad's dead. Um, you know, he asked Jet for. It kind of goes back to that cigarette again. You know, asked him for a cigarette. Um, you know, at that point, um, at that point, you know, the the ISSB surround the ship. Mm-hmm. Jet pieces out, and that's that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Yep, we basically. And I believe you. We get enough. I believe Toucan actually escapes. Yeah, because I don't think I don't, I don't I don't think anything really happens to Toucan after that. I, I'm pretty sure he escaped, but again, I don't. I'm not really. Yeah, Toucan was kind of he was kind of just like a, a minor criminal. He wasn't like. Yeah, Udai is the main character in this thing. Udai, Udai is the villain yeah. um, that makes the plot go around. But again, I actually really really like this episode just because it does this episode because it does feel like you know because Con Air and uh, you know I mean that's really the big thing. It's very reminiscent of that movie, and obviously the noir flashbacks. You know, I'm a sucker for shit like that. Um, right. I was just all I, all I was missing was the gravelly voiced over narration. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Uh, the Conair reference was the first thing. As soon as I started the episode, I was like, "Is this Conair? This is definitely Conair." Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. This is probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, but unfortunately, the following episode, Mushroom Samba. This this one this might have to take the cake. Oh no! The next one's awesome. This is a. Uh... Fucking uh, mushroom samba. Yeah. This one, fucking full of just, <laughs> just drugs and <clears throat> '70s exploitation references. <laughs> fucking gas. And, and also, it's 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 pretty much an Ed episode. So, pretty much what happens uh, again? Where this it uh, kind of opens up with the tale of the fucking tape, man. They uh, they ain't got no food, and that this includes emergency rations. They ain't got no food. They ain't got no fucking money. They are down each other's throats. And I want to say they ain't got no fucking fuel either. So pretty much they're just like, yeah, like they're down each other's throats and Spike's just like, uh, you know what, we'll, 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 we'll just drift into Europa eventually. Um, so, um, like they're, they're so desperate. They're even thinking like, you know, Spike even mentions like eating Ayn. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, uh, Ayn's probably thinking the exact fucking same thing about you. But so what happens is they're they're drifting along and they're actually hit by a ship that um oh well no I, I the most important part of this is Ed has a fucking peanut yeah <laughs> and they just start going ham on each other for this fucking peanut um but what happens is while they're dicking around with this peanut or they're they're in each other's throat for it they uh they actually get hit by a, by another smaller ship which kinds of drift them uh well the other the, they get hit by a smaller ship the uh the other ship just drives the fuck away. Yeah, it's like a hit and run, run action, yeah. but they do drift off course. They actually crash on the surface of Io, which is another. Uh, I want to say Io is a, a Jupiter moon, but you know, everything's shaken up. They're all fine. 
and Jet wants Faye to go search for food, but then all of a sudden she's like, ah, oh, I can't, I hurt too much. Um, and of course, Ayn, yeah, this is where they, they have rations, but they're all like way out of date. Yeah, the rations are gone, and you you kind of you're starting to connect the dots. Like Faye's, she's basically sick because they they're they're kind of accusing each other like who ate the rations basically. Yeah, and you see Faye. Out. Basically, you know it's Faye. Um, that lying bitch. <laughs> so Jet and Spike basically they gotta stay back and work on the ship. Um, so Ed, go, Ed and I go and look for they they decide going to look for food. So but they, they get out on their little buggy and well. There's just nothing but fucking desert, like just out in the middle of the desert. Um, but while they're while they're out there, um, they were actually they I forgot they had gone out pretty far, um, and they were about to turn around, but then they saw the ship that actually hit them fly overhead. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, so then they um they want to go find out more, so they uh they head in the same direction, um, and then they lose the trail of the ship. But what they do see when they lose trail of the ship, they find this juicy watermelon truck. Um, but they have no money to pay for any melons. <clears throat> so this, uh, at this point, we're introduced to uh, one of the main characters in this episode, a woman named Coffee. Which, uh, she's actually a reference to the Pam Greer character, Coffee, from the 70s movies. Which, which will tie into another couple other characters we meet later. Um, and she's actually looking for somebody. Um, she's looking for a man named Domino Walker. Right. This is where Ed Nine kind of sneak into the back of her trunk, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, where she pulls up to a gas station, and uh, the cops, um, well, the cops ask her if she's looking for a man named Domino Walker, which turns out they're all looking for the same person. Um, well, she and she tells that to the cops, um, but the cops they still insist they need to check out her. You know, they need to check out uh, her trunk and all of her stuff. Uh, well, they open the fucking trunk, and Ed Nine are just there. Yeah, just snoozing. <laughs> and they're, they're just just zonk the fuck out. <laughs> so of course they uh you know they in, in typical police fashion they uh they uh they, they cuff her, take her, they put her in the back, take her to the station, and of course Ed and I just ski daddle away. Um, yeah, and this is where they go. They kind of see a town. Um, yep. And Ed sees Domino basically because she had seen him in the picture that Coffee showed the the watermelon yep. guy, like the watermelon stand guy. Mm-hmm. So Edward basically they go running. Towards him because they see him. I think he's got like a hot dog or something. Yeah, in his he, mouth. He's, he's crushing a hoagie or something. <laughs> uh, but just then we meet our, our last side character, um, who's Shaft. Which Chris, you got the pop culture reference on that one? Yeah, it's fucking Shaft. He's literally named after the Richard Roundtree character. It actually looks a lot like him when he was younger. Same thing, Afro, the mutton chop sideburn. So we're we're clearly just smack slam in the middle of like some really great like seventies uh, black exploitation movie references. Which uh, if you've ever seen, uh, there's I want to say there's multiple coffee movies. Um, it was a character that Pam Greer made famous, and then there was obviously Shaft. And if you don't know Shaft, you know, he's a bad mother. Hush your mouth. Yeah, Shaft's the only one I know out of out of any of those. But, but essentially, um, Shaft is upset at Domino. Uh, he's basically mm-hmm. saying that his older brother. Had died from some mushrooms that he had purchased from Domino. Um, yep. And Domino's basically trying to deny it. Um, and he basically runs off, and some of the mushrooms actually fall out of his bag, which. <laughs> which I immediately gobbles <laughs> up. Yeah, and. Uh, and he is off to fucking, <laughs> to fucking hallucinogen town, so. These are these are some uh, these are some wacky mushrooms, sir. We're we're getting into some serious psychedelics here on Cowboy Bebop. 
Yeah, and this is where <laughs> that's where also like like Ein hits like he doesn't even like move his legs. He just like hops along the road basically. Um, so he's he fucking out of it. So Ed basically grabs out the rest of the mushrooms and kind of runs a little experiment. He like sets one mushroom out on the table and then like hides in the tent. And I think Faye might be the first one that eats one. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, well, they, um, yeah, Faye, then, they, they show Faye, then Spike, then Jet, I believe. Um, so, so, like, Faye's in the bathroom, and, like, all of a sudden, like, the water just, like, starts to fill up the bathroom, and then there's, like, there's fucking fish, right. and, like, but, like, she's in the bathroom just, like, swimming. It's just, she, she is fucking long gone. Yeah, and then you see you kind of, each each one of these that they show. You see Ed Nine kind of like peeking in the room, like oh, okay. And yep. then uh, and then, then we got Spike, Spike's just like infinite stairs. <laughs> yeah, and um, he comes up to the frog. That's like this is the stairway to heaven. Yep, which is obviously another music reference, which the show is chock fucking full of. Right, and then flash to Ed Nine, and they're just watching Spike just kind of step on the exact same step over and over again. Yep, and then of course Jet's talking to his trees. <laughs> Yeah. But he's like he's like doing like the straight hippie shit, like talking about like the meaning of the universe and existence and shit like that. But then, but after all that's over, like after seeing all that, like it's like okay, well I guess these aren't safe. Um, and then um, later on, they're watching uh, you know Big Shot, which is always my favorite. And then they see, oh look at that, Domino Walker does in fact have a bounty on their head. So Ed goes ahead and just becomes kind of a lone wolf on this one and decides to capture him to. Get, the, get some get some grub for their bounty. So this is when they get on their little scooter and peace the fuck out. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where the scooter. It kind of just popped up. I didn't. I didn't see where the scooter came from, but uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't question it. <laughs> yeah, it just it just happens. Uh, but they basically now they're trailing after Domino, trying to get the bounty. Um, yeah, but then they run into Coffee and Shaft. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh. They they run into the ship finally. Uh, that was yeah, the one which, that uh, which Domino's actually inside of, which is kind of a small world, super uh, super small world situation. That's where he grows his mushrooms. Right, and then uh, this is where Ed hits him with the stinky gas, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they basically now everybody's on the chase after Domino. Uh, he hops on a train. Ed and Ein hop on the train. Ein goes forward, goes after him, um, and I think Coffee. Her and Shaft, they're chasing behind him in, in her car. Yep, and then, um, well, pretty much, Ed gets to Ed gets to Walker, and um, and the, the train they're on stops because I think there's like a cow or some shit in front of them. Yeah, I think it's a cow um, in the way of the of the tracks. Yeah, but I know Domino like pretty much begs Ed to let him go, and he's like, "Look, look, look! How about I give you all of these mushrooms, and they're worth more than the bounty if you go ahead and let me go." Um, so. <laughs> and, Ed, Ed, and, Ed, and Ed agrees, but then they get back to the ship, and um, Ed, um, well, Ed, they're like, you know, Ed's got this this amazing, valuable haul of mushrooms, but then it's just like regular ass mushrooms. Well, they're shiitake mushrooms. I'm not, I'm not a mushroom yep. connoisseur, but uh, a police officer he actually comes by and he's asking if they know where Domino's been, um, and he actually is the one that realizes that they are shiitake mushrooms. So at least the crew gets. A couple meals out of it. They don't get the yeah, bounty, and, but... Well, and they're all, like, fucking tired of them. But, like, um... They, um... Ed's, like, the only one who's not sick of the mushroom. But, you know, they got food. So, you know, I, I call this one an absolute win for the, for the gang. Yeah, I mean, at least they got a meal, right? They got, like, mm-hmm. mushroom salad, mushroom soup. 
fried mushroom. I don't even know. <laughs> like like bubblegum. There's, there's bubblegum on their way through these mushrooms. No, this is a solid episode. All right, so just kind of going into the next one. Uh, this is ep- this is session eighteen. I keep wanting to say episodes. I'm just I'm just a goober. Uh, this is um, speak like a child. Okay. Well, this is another one about Faye. This is another one where we kind of dig into her past a little bit. Yeah, it kind of starts off. She's doing like some horse horse races, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And they got like the song playing in the background. I remember that. Uh, and then flash the bebop. Basically, a package gets delivered. Um, mm-hmm. Basically from like a drone, which I guess is how they do packaging nowadays. Uh, in oh, space. Like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Jet's upset that he has to pay the charges on it. Um, which he, when Faye comes back, he's like, "Hey, okay, get, pay, pay this get, man." But yeah. she's like, "No, it's a debt collector. I'm not paying that." Yeah. So essentially, uh, Spike opens. He opens the package, and I thought it was a VHS tape at first, uh, but it turns out it was. Yeah, a, don't it was, a, it was a beta. Now, Chris, I, I don't know much about those, but I know they came before VHSs. So. Yeah, they did, and they're 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 smaller actually, size wise than VHS uh, than um, VHSs, and they were a uh, man. They were they were the fucking rage until VHSs came out, and because Betamaxes, I want to say were well. Wait, I think Betamaxes might have actually been cheaper. They might have been like the uh, the more economical. Again, we're talking like early 80s so like i was very very much a small child um and i want to say we had a betamax player like briefly when i was a child but uh vhs is kind of where where, where my life memory begins yes. but, but they need they need a betamax player so they can play this thing right so they go they kind of find like this antique video store of this guy um and he's like watching like a show from like the 20th century. Um, Which, by the way, if you catch that, there, there's some not, Beverly Hills 90210 references on there. Like you see the names like Jason Presley and uh, um, like uh, Shannon Doherty. Is that the other one? Like you see those names is like like on the screen. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All I know is there was some terrible acting going on in that whatever show that was playing. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely Beverly Hills. He's like, yes, brother. Yes, sister. Okay. <laughs> Um, Beautiful. But basically, uh, they pop in the tape, and you kind of see a little bit of footage, and then the tape kind of messes up. Mm-hmm. And this is where Spike kind of just goes ham and just destroys the beta player. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so they essentially they get back to the Bebop. While Jet's working on fixing the tape, Ed's actually doing a little bit of research and realizes that there's like a, I guess it's like a like an electronics museum, basically. Yep, and that's because they're looking for another Betamax player. Right, so they have to go basically find one. Um, so they go back to Earth. And this this is where Jet and Spike kind of go on this, like, adventure through this huge building. Um, like, climbing yep. down elevator shafts, all this stuff. And they find, the wrong, they find a VHS player instead. They grab the wrong kind. Yeah, they grab a... Well, at this point, they don't know it, at least. They grab a VHS player and, like, a TV... They work their way all the way out um, and get back just to find out that they can't actually play it. Yep. And at, at about that point, Faye's pretty much, she's bet all of her money on the dogs and she's ready to come back. Um, and pretty much another package arrives mm-hmm. um, that Jess is like, nope. But <laughs> Spike takes it and it's a beta player, which is ironic. Yeah, very convenient, um, but, you know. It's super convenient. Um, 
So what happens is, is by that point, Faye arrives, and they go ahead and watch the tape. Um, yeah, but she, then, of course, Jeff's like, hey, you need, you need to fucking pay these charges if she wants to see it. But, um, so, she actually peeks around the corner, and actually, what it is, it's a, it's a time capsule. And it's a time capsule of, like, it's younger Faye on mm-hmm. the time capsule talking to her future self. Like, she's like a cheerleader or something like that. Yeah, and it kind of goes through a couple scenes of that, and, like, Faye, but Faye doesn't remember anything that's going on, but everybody kind of realizes it's, at least they think it's her, like Spike and Jet, and then you see kind of like a tear roll down her cheek, and that's pretty much where the episode ends, right there. Um, yes, so this is really kind of, you get a kind of a glimpse into Faye before, um, you know, because really in the last episode of her background, all you really saw was the, like, the, the old Faye from, like, the cryo and being in the hospital, um, and with the attorney, what was his name, um, like, I don't remember his name already. That, that, like, that guy. Like Matsuno, guy Matsuno or something like that. Yeah, Miyamoto, whatever Miyamoto, his name was. Yeah. Um, um, so, so this is actually something. This is like the only time you ever get to see like Faye pre-cryosleep. Because mm-hmm. uh, it says she was like 20 when she went into cryosleep. So this is probably her in her teenage years. So probably not too far before that all happened. So. Yeah, it's kind of like a... It seems like a joking episode, like a funny episode, and then all of a sudden it gets serious at the end, and then, mm-hmm. boom, they cut it off. And yeah. Find That's out. It. I, I like that. Though. I don't want them to spoon-feed me any more than they already did. Like I said, I want Faye to just be a bad person. <laughs> like, I just, I, I think she just does better as a bad person. That's me. That's my That's my take. That's right. But uh, next, next episode, uh, we have uh, Wild Horses, Session 19. Uh, this one's kind of fun. Um some neat references in this one. We got some, we got some pirates in this one. Um, this one's kind of fun. So what, do, what did you think of this one, Cody? Yeah, this is kind of like another one of those like sort of villain of the week ones. There's no, we don't really deep dive into anybody's backstory. It's just kind of like a, a casual episode, basically. Um, well, you meet some you the like the three characters you meet right off the bat are a couple of pirates, uh, George, Herman, and Ruth. Which, uh, if you're a baseball guy like I am, that is literally Babe Ruth. Uh, those three characters make up his name. Which oh, I thought was kind of cool. Really? See, I didn't. That one slipped right by my by my mind. Yep. This is the one where also Spike he's broken down, right? I believe so. Yeah, the swordfish. Yeah, the swordfish is uh, definitely broken down. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I was on I was on the right track here. Um, so he basically, he's expecting Doohan to come and kind of pick him up, um, and this is where we meet, this is where we first meet Miles, right? Doohan's assistant? Uh, yes. Yeah, so he basically, uh, he's a big baseball fan, well, uh, so yeah, the Babe Ruth reference, well, really, it really makes sense now, right? Um, mm-hmm. he's a big Blue Sox fan, which obviously isn't an actual team, but you know. Uh, you never know in the future. But Miles basically is, uh, towing the swordfish back to Doohan's, like, little, like, garage, which, by the way, if you want another uh, reference, uh, Doohan. So, we're going to do another Star Trek cut here. Yeah, he's a, he's a mechanic. James Doohan is the actor that played Scotty on Star Trek. And Scotty was the engineer. So, he was the one always repairing the ship. He was always the one trying to, you know, I can't do it, Captain. I don't have the power, you know. Okay. So, so it's kind of a, a fun little reference there that his name is Doohan. And James Doohan was the actor that played Scotty. And they're both essentially engineers, mechanics, you know, the head of maintenance. Interesting. All right. Chris, once again with the pop culture references, guys. <laughs> what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. You are ready. Cool. So, yeah. So, Spike pretty much is just hanging out, um, waiting for whatever parts they need 
so he can repair his ship. Um, meanwhile, like Faye and Jet, they found their pirates, and they um the pirates were actually stealing. They were they were stealing this um this trucking ship, um, and they they used a grappling hook to mobilize it. Um, and when Faye tries to confront them, they actually hit her with the grappling hook, which I guess is some kind of virus, because like her, her her ship starts to go fucking ape uh, ape shit. Same with uh uh the jet beach. ship, which uh. Right. Which I think yeah, so yeah, their ships are going haywire. And I think they, they hit the bebop with it too, don't they? Uh, they they hit the bebop, or they hit. Isn't jet is jet ship the hammerhead? Yeah, that's jet ship. Okay, so I know they hit the hammerhead. Um, yeah, because they tried to like cut in front and get uh, get in front of them, and they hit her ship first. But then they hit jet ship. Yeah, they, um, they do hit the bebop. They do hit the bebop as well. Yeah, and then so then it kind of cuts back. Um, Spike's just kind of hanging out with Doohan, waiting for these parts. Um, and then, while the, once the parts arrive, um, they let Spike know, you know, what's going on. They're looking for this truck that has a has like a, like a penguin or something on it. But yeah, purple penguin. Yep. So, so the, everything gets put together. Um, they're trying to find out. So now they're 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 more determined than ever to find these pirates um, that fucked with their ships. Um, but they don't really have an antivirus for what's going on with these, whatever's coming out of these grappling hooks. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they use an old satellite to bypass the computers uh, on their ships. That'll, that I guess it kind of prevents the virus from causing their, their, their circuits to go haywire. Um, so there's this orbital drive and they find themselves out, um, at, and there's, there's two trucks that have that same logo on it. Um, so pretty much they just, Decide to start shooting and see which one goes. Yes. Yeah, um, so they open fire. Faye go after. Faye goes after one. It's not the pirates. Um, Spike has the pirates, and they're they're heading towards Earth. Um, and I want to say they um so they hit Spike with the virus. He shuts down his computer. Um, and what they what they do? This is kind of a, a cool like actual again another little pop culturey kind of reference. Um, so Spike, what he does is he marks the glass on his ship. Um, and that's, he's using that to keep the swordfish at a certain angle so it doesn't burn up in the atmosphere. And they actually, um, they, they actually had to do the last, uh, Mercury flight, um, in real life. They actually had to do that during re-entry. So there's, there's some actual science there. There's some actual, like, real big brain space, space flying shit that he's doing there. Yeah, and the pirate ship actually explodes. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. They kind of, I'm trying to remember what causes that. I think it's just, he shuts down his computer. Oh, well, I think it's the. I think it's the. Um, I think it's because they they're burning up in the atmosphere as well. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to remember just because they were using a lot of like, real like technical terms, and I was kind of. Oh yeah, they're, they're doing some real space flight. This is actually like an episode that has a lot of real like, like real boss hog NASA shit going on. Because then of course, yeah, you know, Miles and Doohan pull up in the fucking Columbia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, Miles over here is. What's going on through the radio? He basically gets Doohan, and uh, Doohan decides to take out the project that he's been working on, which is essentially a remodeling of NASA's Columbia space shuttle. Um, yeah, because like, because that that shuttle actually was destroyed on um, reentry in two thousand three, two years after this episode aired. Oddly enough. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's uh, funny. Is basically where Miles and Doohan they they sort of come to the rescue. Um, uh-huh. 
and this is where, yeah, Spike's basically, they're trying not to get him, well, he's trying not to burn up, essentially, um, from the yep. atmosphere. Uh, and they but they survive, they make it, the, uh, the, the, the Columbia crash lands, everyone is safe and sound. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, unfortunately for Spike, though, he just had a ship repaired and then... Everything's fucking gas. <laughs> now, now he's got no wings. He's just it's just him essentially. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Columbia makes it out. Everything works out okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it for that episode, really. Yeah, no, absolutely solid. Uh, but Chris, this leads us to your favorite episode. Dude, my favorite fucking episode. Not, uh, I'm definitely Perot? gonna let. Yeah, I'm gonna let you pronounce Perot that. Lefeu. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Parola I'm probably saying that very, very wrong. Alright, so, uh, Parolafo, yeah, my absolute favorite episode. This one probably has my favorite villain of all, of all time in the show. Um, this was actually the episode, this was the very first episode, the first episode of Cowboy Bebop I actually ever saw. Um, I just happened to catch it one night, and this is the episode that was on, and I fell in love with the show immediately. So, pretty much, this episode, just, you know, not to go too crazy, like, this, this whole episode's about this, essentially this, like, genetically engineered hitman that uh, the, the episode kind of opens up where he is um he's just going he has he has his marks he has his um his targets uh just completely obliterates them and spike just happens to be in the wrong fucking place at the wrong time and he starts going after spike yeah spike's kind of just he's just like playing pool at mars he goes yeah. out for like a cigarette and then he sees well he starts hey, he he, here's the gunshots from pierre yeah. And he gets fucking murdered. So he uh he barely gets away. Like barely gets away. And he gets back to the Bebop and he is fucking gassed. So then it kinda cuts from there. Um and Mad Perot well, Mad Perot is what his name is, but he just kinda pieces out with his umbrella, just kinda back into the shadows. Well, um Jet and his old buddy Bob, old Bob ass Bob, <laughs> um, just kind of tell him about this person. That's where they find his name is Mad Perot, and he's actually targeting his markets are actually high level ISSP directors. Um, but they don't want the gen they don't want the public to know about this um, because of you know what this guy is. He's pretty much been experimented on, I believe, by the ISSP to become like this like this ultimate fucking killing machine and he's like like the fifth or sixth or something he's he's, he's not the first of this experiments he's he's uh, one of the last ones yeah he's the seventh one um okay so pretty much what happens is um spike gets an invite um from for this uh for this party being held at spaceland a theme park called spaceland yeah it's like disneyland um, in space right <laughs> And this is where he, um, and pretty much he was egged there by um, Tongpu, who was, I guess, uh, they say Tongpu, I believe, is his actual name, the guy that it was experimented on. Yeah, that's that's um, Perot's real name, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so. So Spike basically. Course, Spike is still pretty fucking gassed. Like, he's still, yeah, like, he's, beat he, to all hell. Yeah, he's still mummified, um, but Faye knows that as soon as he receives word of where this guy's going to be, that he's going to go and. Basically, attempt to take him on. So Spike, he heads off to Spaceland. One of the things too that was kind of important that I forgot in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, what makes what makes uh, Mad Perot break off his pursuit from Spike in the beginning? It, you don't really think about him like this cat crosses his path. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And that's what makes him peace out. Yeah, he's like, at least it seems like he's got like a fear of cats or something along those mm -hmm. lines. 
Um, but uh, Spike, he gets to face, or to, not to face land, to space land, um, and he encounters Mad Perot or Tongpu, whichever one you want to go by. Uh, and this really begins their, really like a, just a big all-out gun scene, like a big firefight uh, begins. And uh, like the, the Mad Perot is just not letting up. And while they're fighting, this is where like, Ed finds out all the, back on the Bebop, like, Ed finds all the information about this. You know, he, uh, Tongpu was the code name. Um, but Tongpu was actually the, like, I guess the code for this program or, um, for, um, oh, yeah, no, no this is, his, sorry, Tongpu was his code name. Okay. Um, and he was experimented on genetically, physically, um, and what made him afraid of cats is while he's being experimented on, there's pretty much a cat that was just sitting in the window, like an observation window, just like, like watching him. Mm-hmm. And pretty much like the, the experiments went like they, they got canceled and Tong Pu pretty much goes insane and kills everybody. Yeah. Literally and, like everyone like, <laughs> yeah. And he pretty much just, just now he just kind of enjoys killing. Yeah, he's basically out to get some sort of revenge on basically the people that wronged him. Yep. And then once he got them all, he just would just kind of started killing. And what was really cool about this, what what actually, and believe it or not, like a movie that I watched reminded me of this episode. Have you ever seen the movie Blackburn? I have not. Um, like that, like the main character in that movie actually kind of reminded me of him because he he actually the experiments actually start causing him to regress like a child. Um, and if you've ever seen Blackbird, it's pretty much like a Superman horror movie. Like, it's a kid who is pretty much Superman, but he's evil, pretty much. Oh, is this a, this um, a recent movie? Like, a couple years no, ago? No, Brightburn. Brightburn is what's called Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah, okay. Brightburn. Okay. I've, I've seen the yeah. trailer. I haven't seen the movie, but I, I know I do know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, really, really good. Um, and what's crazy is that, like, you, you kind of start thinking about that. Like, what's more cruel than just a child, right? Like, children, children are, are cruel. They just mm. are. Because they don't know any better, they you know they're they're honest with people. By that I mean they're like, why is he so fat, mom? Or why 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 has she got that boil on her chin, dad? You know whatever. Um, but this he like kills because he can. Like who the fuck is gonna stop him? And that's kind of where I made that connection. Like he is a, just he is a just a killing machine. So what happens is like he's got Spike dead to fucking rights, but uh. Spike actually, um, I forget, he, he shoots him? No, well, first... Um, first he throws, a knife at, he throws a knife at him and gets him in the leg. Well, before that, um, uh, Faye actually, she shows up to help. And, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she shows up. Um, Tongpu basically, uh... Well, he fucking shoots her Yeah, down, he, he shoots a rocket shoots. at her. Yeah. And she fucking, because, uh... Yeah, like, Faye, Faye ship crashes, she's fine, but, like, like from the rocket, like, since Spike, like, since Spike, like, just plowing into one of the little gift stands at the, um, at the park, but, like, dude, like, he, again, he's got Spike dead to rights, but then he throws this fucking dagger at his leg, and he just stops in his tracks and just starts, he falls oh. over and just starts crying for his mom. Yeah, the, the shop that Spike hits, there's, like, a, a like, a toy cat that falls down and starts meowing, so... Basically, pro he, he's going nuts, and uh, Spike goes to pull his gun. He shoots it out of his hand, um, and then Spike basically throws this little dagger that he has. Um, and then, and then, like you kind of see Tongpu, there's, there's like a flash of light from like I don't know if it's like a parade or whatever. Like there's like some kind of like 
thing going on behind him, basically because they're in a theme park, so there's like lights flashing everywhere, and it causes him to like be reminded of like the way the cat looked at him, sort of. Uh, and this is when this is when it hits him in the leg, and then it doesn't really like it's not like a serious wound or anything, but then he just kind of starts crying hysterically on the ground, basically. Because honestly, like this is the first time in the episode he actually gets injured or hit by anything. Like he hasn't experienced any kind of pain because, like the the coat and stuff he wears, like bullets just bounce off that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like this is the first time he sees he feels pain and like he just turns into a child, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then pretty much he gets trampled by um he gets trampled by like this this robot parade that's happening in the um in the uh, amusement park, and that's really kind of how the episode ends uh it, it, this episode why i love this episode because it is just all fucking gas from start to finish it's hands down my favorite episode and it's just a good just standalone episode too all right and this brings us to episode 21 boogie woogie fang shui um this is episode essentially jet gets a message from his old buddy pal um saying seek the holy beast of anzan i am where the four gods meet um and Pao, basically, he's one of the three greatest Feng Shui masters on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jet goes to Mars, uh, really only to reveal that Pao had died that year. Um, yep. And then, basically, Pao, his daughter, Mifa, I think is how you pronounce her name. Mifa, she, I believe. Mifa. Yeah, Mifa, that's it. Mifa, potato, potato, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so she kind of pops out, and then... Before they can even really get to like talking, two assassins essentially show up and they start opening fire. Um, they basically escape. They jump on a nearby bus, um, kind of get away, and then Jet brings my Mifa above or uh, onto the bebop basically. Uh, and this is where we kind of get like Spike, Faye, Spike and Faye are like, "Oh, Jet got a girlfriend over there." <laughs> Um, but, uh, basically she's telling him that she hasn't heard from her father in, in 10 years. Uh, and she tells Jet that Pau has died in a transport accident on the way to Jupiter. So then Jet shows her the message that he had received just a few days prior, or I guess it was right before the incident occurred. And so she essentially just asks if Jet would, wouldn't mind helping to like kind of figure out what's going on and if maybe he might be alive. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I, I, my notes for this episode yeah, just say... Because, like, it's not a bad episode. I want to start there. It's just, there's a whole lot going on, and it's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it's like backstory on Jet that's not, it's not like the Con Air episode. It's not like the good stuff. Um, Yeah. uh, Basically, she knows that her father's disappearance has something to do with the Sunstone. um, And so Jet basically agrees to kind of help her out. Um. Because the sunstone is like like a piece of the moon or something that was like destroyed in the the again the big astral gate incident. Yeah, it's something like that. And she has this like I don't even know what you'd call this device that she has. It's like a like a spinning weird feng shui. Dev- I don't even know what it is. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a feng shui compass. I don't know. What it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would call it too. But she just pulls it out of her backpack and that's that's just goes work. to work with it. Yeah, and. uh Oh, it's called a Luo pan. There we go. I got, I got the, sure. got, got, Sounds the great. got the official thing. Uh, and they, she uses that to locate where the sunstone is, and it's hidden in like the this 
kind of like those lines that you see outside of like the Chinese buffet restaurants. Uh, it's yeah. like it's like the rock that's in the lion's mouth, and it turns out, oh, this is a sunstone. Uh, and then they kind of get ambushed by some guys from the Blue Snake Crime Syndicate, which is another syndicate out in space. Um, and they it were. It seems like there's a few of those, which is like this is really the only like tie to the you know what's happening with the overarching story. Yeah, and apparently these guys were they were actually tailing after her father, um, mm-hmm. obviously before the incident. Um, so they kind of jet and Mifa they escape, get back to the bebop. Oh, to analyze the sunstone. Like, I know the big takeaway I got from this episode was that uh, I know um, Pal was a, um, he, he, was, he was an informant. He was like a CI for Jet while he was back in the, uh, in the ISSP. Yeah, he, he like was a, was a, was a, um, an informant like with the, uh, the Blue Snake Syndicate. Sound like we're talking about an le- episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple here. The Blue Dragons and the, the Blue <laughs> Snakes and the Red Dragon. Is that the, the, the game show that used to be on like? Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, yes. And that's okay. the whole fucking compass thing is what they had to put together at the end. Okay. I'm, I'm so glad Everybody I didn't. Wasn't. I used to watch that on, like, the mornings. It was just be reruns of that. But, uh, <laughs> a little side note. Um, but back to this episode. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Not not a very great episode. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is one of the worst ones. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, I, I, I want to stress it's still a good episode. Yeah, There's it's just a lot happening, and it's just a whole lot of, just a whole lot of chasing for nothing. But really, what you realized at the end of the day is that, like, Pal's ship was, like, stuck in, like, this. Because the, the whole thing with, like, the, the Gastrogate incident, as they talk about, there was some, like, time-space floods. You get some really, like, heavy Star Trek shit here. Um, that there was a, um, like, the ship that Pal was on is stuck in a, stuck in this vortex. Um, he's stuck in this vortex, and he's, he's pretty much, for all intents and purposes, he's fucking dead. Because the ship's actually about to run out of oxygen. Okay, so Jet basically comes up with a plan mm-hmm. to apply enough energy to the sunstone that she'll be able to draw out the forces that are trapped inside. Yep. As where Spike shoots the stone with the plasma cannon, as the blast hits, it kind of like opens a hole. Yeah, that's the vortex where um, where Pal is. He's stuck on this on his ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot um, of the space stuff kind of gets confusing. Um, yeah, but, but again, like he. he he says that like you can't leave them. He, he, getting out of this vortex is impossible, but it doesn't matter because he's almost out of oxygen anyway. Yeah, and he kind of reveals that he basically just sent the message to Jet just so he could reunite with his daughter basically one more time before he dies. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you know Jet's kind of like, well, you just manipulated us, right? Yep, and that's I mean that's really it. Um, and really, the, the big closure you get out of this is uh, Pow and Met. Uh, if, uh, they, they do reconcile, um, and then like the vortex collapses, Pal, the ship, the transmission cuts, Pal's dead, um, and then the episode kind of ends. Well, she, um, well, she went back to Mars. Things went back to normal, and the only thing that changed is Jet doesn't give two fucks about horoscopes anymore. Uh, A whole <laughs> lot of nothing. Yeah, maybe you were, maybe I think you were right, Chris. This is. Uh... Uh, that, that one was that one was a rock polisher. But like, here's the thing: like, if that's Cowboy Bebop's worst offering, their their worst offering is better than a lot of anime's best offering. So keep that in mind. It's just that episode just did not just did not do anything for me. So there we are on that one. Nice. Next episode, we get to some some real gas here. We yep, get some Unabomber references. We get some fucking cowboys. We get all of my favorite things. 
Yep. All in the, it's episode 22, or session 22, titled Cowboy yeah. Funk. Indeed. This is actually, uh, before we talk about this one, this is actually an episode that got pulled off the air um, in the States after 9-11 just because of the uh, the bombings that happened. Because as you're seeing where um, the Teddy Bomber, who's the main villain in this one, mm-hmm. uh, actually blows up uh, a skyscraper. An explosion goes off in a skyscraper. So this episode actually got pulled off the air for a while in the States. Interesting. Yeah, so essentially, uh, basically the crew is after the bo- a bounty. Like you said, he's named the Teddy Bomber. Um, and Which Spike- is a hard, hard play on the Unabomber, by oh, the way. Okay, okay. And uh, basically, Spike has him, like, he's apprehended, he's got him down, everything's good. Uh, and then, boom, horse blast through the window, and this is where we meet Andy. Our, my man fucking Andy. <laughs> uh, it was... Um- Love this guy. Yeah, he's another bounty hunter who uh, Teddy's familiar with. Um, he's obviously an awful bounty hunter because he thinks that Spike is the Teddy bomber. Yep, that's where this whole episode just goes to shit. Like, <laughs> and like once, once like the, the actual Teddy bomber realizes that Andy thinks Spike is, he's just fucking. Well, time to go. Yeah, and it's not until like he ski daddles away that Spike's like, "You're a fucking idiot. You just let him go." Well, yeah, because I think he, like, he lassos him, right? Yes. Yeah, and then... Yeah, yeah, then the Teddy Bomber, he actually sets off the bomb that he had planted in that building. So Spike eventually, he returns to the back to the Bebop, and Ed kind of pulls up some information on our old boy Andy. Uh, Who's just... He's like a a trust fund kid. Um, And the the big thing here, like, the, the big thing between these two is, like, him and Spike are actually a lot more alike than... They, they both want to admit. Yeah, and then... They have similar appearances, very similar mannerisms. Like, they're very much alike in very subtle ways. Yeah, and then they... Uh, this is where they head to, the, like, the... It's like a Halloween party, like a masquerade type thing. Yeah. Basically to try and touch the teddy bomb... To catch the teddy bomber again. Um, mm-hmm. Who, ironically, is dressed up in a, a teddy bear costume. It's like he's not even fucking trying. <laughs> yeah. And of course, once again, they're they're right there. They're right there on the cusp of getting this guy. An old fucking Andy just comes <laughs> just plowing through the elevator. And then they kind of get distracted. Well, like the, the Teddy Bomber's like he's like well he's like well fuck y'all are ignoring me. So then he just goes and sets off his explosives. And then of course, it may be really at this point, like Spike and Andy just start they just start brawling. So basically, after this whole incident is over, uh, Andy actually brings Faye back to his boat, and Chris he prepares one of his uh. One of his fa- <laughs> the finest son of a gun stew, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and basically, she's asking him why he chose to become a bounty hunter. Because uh, he fucking loves it. Yeah, there's really nothing much. He just loves the thrill of it. Um, and this is where like, Paige just straight up says, like, she, like, y- you straight up remind him of Spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, so she brings some of the son of a gun stew back to the ship. And uh, this is where uh, another episode of your favorite show comes on, Chris. And, and this one's so fucking funny because like the, the whole thing is like now the teddy bomber keeps getting ignored and he has a message to read on air and like they cut him off like halfway fucking through because like the show's over well good night basically jet and fade they end up deciding that they don't want to go after him he's he's threatening to destroy a uh, city hall city hall yeah yeah so spike shows up and he's basically he's more concerned where andy is than where teddy is um which kind of just pisses off teddy um then Andy shows up. They're basically arguing. Teddy's basically just wants some kind of attention to get his message across. So he sets off an explosion. Well, Andy and Spike are still arguing, and like, um, 
Oh, this is where they get in the elevator, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then they're basically just arguing with each other, fighting with each other. They basically get to the top of the building and have, like, a little standoff with each other. Well, and pretty much, I mean, Andy pretty much knows he's been bested. and He kind of, like, basically retires from being a bounty hunter, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting part, but then we get the, the classic line where he says, see a space cowboy from <laughs> Two Spike. Yep. And then it kind of flashes forward a little bit uh, to the Teddy Bomber. He's basically in, in a police cruiser, like in, in a police car, and uh, basically reveals that it was like a, a protest against the waste resulting from practicing capitalism without philosophy. Yeah, so straight up the Unabomber, by yeah. the way. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah. But, but then, like, but then, like, you see Andy again, like rolling up next to the, the fucking paddy wagon. But he's not a cowboy anymore. Now he wants to be a samurai. He loves to play dress up. Yeah, he's like George Bush. He just wants one day he gets to be this guy. One day he's a cowboy. Now he's a samurai. What's he gonna fucking be next week? It, it's a fun. It's a fun episode. I actually really, really like that one. But now we're getting into oh man, the, it sucks, man. These live these. I, I really actually like I like this episode, but this one I know is your least favorite. Um, I think what happens is why I like these episodes individually. We're just, I'm just so ready to talk about like the finale. Yeah, it's kind of like all this is just leading up to that. So, because mm-hmm. it, it's but like the the weird thing is I guess because like they, they're starting they seem to be getting more wins in the back half. Like the back half they they have more wins than they have losses here. Um, where the first half, I felt like they were just, and even in the first, uh, the first few episodes of this, this half of the show, you know, they were in their worst way. Now they, they seem like they've got money. They seem like they've got some direction, um, which I think is a fine setup to, you know, leading into the last episode. Well, this, this one here, brain scratch is, uh, we're, we're talking primarily, you know, this, this is primarily a cult episode, really. Yeah, this one had me, this one. I don't know. It took me for a loop. Uh, but basically, it's like a... What is it? Like an electronics movement? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> Yep, and they just use... Uh, they use this thing called Scratch, which um, it uses uh, brainwave-like control devices. Um, and it pretty much... Co- it, it's, it's, like, it takes these people and copies their consciousness into digital form. But um, like, it, it's like a, like, a, like a suicide cult, essentially. Um and Faye, like, pretty much Faye joins this movement to, like, get rid of her debt. Because she's like, well, if I don't have a body, I don't need money. <laughs> so Faye pretty much has joined this cult. Like, that's kind of where this whole thing starts. Um, but, you know, after uh, Spike and Faye, uh, Spike and Jet find out, that, well, if she's joined the cult, and, well, when they investigate why she joined, they find out that the, uh, the leader of this cult actually has a pretty massive bounty on his head uh, for a, because of a murder charge. Um, and then they also find out that, um, uh, you know, a hundred of the members of this group have committed suicide. Yeah. And then kind of flashes to Faye. She, she's, she's actually just after the bounty. She's not actually exactly. joined the cult. Um, which is which a nice little twist. Cause it, like what she said made so much fucking sense. She kind of discovers, she like stumbles across like a, a room basically that's been abandoned and there's like a shitload of dead people inside of it. Um. And that's when all the TVs turn on, uh, and then I think it kind of just flashes to to Edward, right? And then he's trying to track up, track down where Londa's the the head of the scratches. 
Yeah, and this is where this is where this episode you find out that pretty much Big Shot's being canceled, which is like the worst. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's heartbreaking news. Um, yeah, Doctor uh, Londis, I believe, is the leader of this uh, cult. Oh, this is where <laughs> this is where Ed, Ed makes the uh, persona of Marshall Banana for my man Jet. Because they um. Like Ed, I think hooks him up with one of those uh, those brain devices, the dream devices. Mm-hmm. So he fab- that's what Ed makes the uh, identity of Marshall Banana, which is so fucking great. Yeah, Jet puts it on, and this is where Ein's like, this is where Ein bites him. He's like barking at yep. him at first, mm-hmm. which is kind of good because it prevents him from his consciousness being lost, basically. And like Ein is actually in there under the um, Cheetah Sands body, uh, Sands bot or something, because like. Again, this is like this is kind of, this is kind of a, an Ed, an Ein episode, really. Yeah, and basically they find out that Doctor Londes is not actually a real person. Um, mm-hmm. It's all like a like a fabricated thing. Oh, and this is where Jet and uh, they Ed, and Ed they like they put on their little disguises and they go to like this hospital, basically. <laughs> she's like she like um, is like Ed's daughter. Ed, she's uh, Jet's daughter. She pretends to be Jet's the yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, meanwhile, she really like fucking hams it up. Yeah, meanwhile, Spice going to find out where Faye is, um, and he comes across these rooms, finds Faye unconscious, and all the TVs turn on, and it's like Doctor Londes talking to Spike, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about how he's wanting to ward off the bounty hunters, and that he put mm-hmm. Faye in a deep sleep. All this really just nonsense, but um, yeah. And long story short is uh, th- there's this ki- this um this kid that was in hospice um I, it was a it was a hacker that pretty much became a vegetable um because of an accident but he's actually like controlling londes right yeah he pretty much is londes mm-hmm. and this is um, what, so jet they tell the sob story to the guy at the at the like at the medical counter essentially yes lets him on through and that's they like you said that's where they discover the boy Yep, and they, they, they get him, and they, they, they cuff him, but then they, like, they they don't really, like, they don't turn him in. Yeah, it kind of gets, this is where, like, I just remember, I just remember Londa's talking about, like, God doesn't create the people, the people created God, talking about television and how, like, influential it can be, and, like, I don't know. No, it, it, it's, it's real culty at that point. Yeah, I mean, it kind we're, we're going deep into, like, Jim Jones territory here, sir. Yeah. Um, and from what I was also reading, too, like, the big thing is, like, this is based on a, um, on a, um, well, it, it's influenced by a, a um, an actual cult, uh, have a, right in, like, like, almost, like, a year or two before the show came on called Heaven's Gate, um, they, uh, they committed suicide, uh, during, like, while a comet was flying overhead, um, mm-hmm. and it was the whole idea, um, to kill themselves to start a new life. Um, that's one of the big ones. Um, and obviously, you know, you can't think cults without thinking, uh, what was Jim Jones group called? Uh, people's temple. But that was a little bit different. There's a lot of Kool-Aid drinking involved there, <laughs> but no, that episode's kind of heavy handed. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. I, again, like, I think all these episodes are, are good enough, but it's like now, like we're, 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 we're approaching critical mass here. Like we're ready to, we're ready to get to the end, but and we're getting close. Like this, uh, this next episode here. Before we get to the, uh, you know, the, the final episodes. This one, this one, this one's tough because this is a uh, we 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 wave goodbye to Ed in this episode. 
Yep, this episode twenty four, hard luck yeah, woman. That's the one. We meet uh, we meet Ed's dad. Some good stuff here. There's some good stuff happening here. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Uh, this one starts off. This is like kind of shows Faye. She's in her room. She's watching that that tape that we uh, saw from a few episodes prior. Yep. Um, which like I remember when I first saw this, I was like I was excited because like that episode kind of just left off. Like she's crying. She doesn't remember it. So like. He never. He kind of leaves you on a little cliffhanger, so you want to like find out more about that. Uh, and then uh, while she's watching this, trying to trying to remember some things, she realizes that Ed's actually just sitting there right next to her. Uh-huh. And then Ed, like, he's like half half asleep. He's kind of like just like there, a little bit conscious, a little bit not. Um, he kind of gets. She's always like that. Yeah, she kind of asks him if, or asks her if like she knows anything about like the locations on there. Um, Attempts to give Ed a, a smooch, you know. <laughs> uh, and then, basically, next thing you know, it's the morning, and uh, Jet realizes they're on Earth when they were originally set out for Mars. So Jet's kind of freaking out. Spike's just chilling on the bay, basically, like, hey, the girls are gone. He's just brushing his teeth. and uh, Well, we, they, they quickly realized it was pretty much Ed, Ed that brought them here. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... We expected it, especially after her conversation with Faye. Yeah, and this is where they go to, like, it's like a landfill, and they run into, like, the nun lady. And, Sister uh, Clara, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. And she actually recognizes uh, Ed out mm-hmm. of the group. Because uh, she, I must say she knows her, her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what uh, what Ed's father's actual name is. It's like Apple Deli. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, I knew it was something like yeah. that. Because you meet uh, Apple Apple and Mac, oddly enough, are two characters in this, which are, I don't think I need to say any more about that. See, and that one even slipped by me, as I use a MacBook right now. But, uh, yeah. But we, and we kind of see, like, them, they're, like, researching, like, a meteor site. It kind of flashes mm-hmm. them just for a second. Um, but they basically leave Sister Clara to find more information on Faye's life, like her past, essentially. Uh, and they yeah, kind of come. She actually comes across a friend of hers, um, a, an old friend who is now actually old. Yeah, because I think is it fifty years have passed, or yeah, yeah, it was actually fifty years. Yes, yeah, so they talked about that in the in the previous episode. So Faye should actually be like she's she's actually like eighty some years old or seventy some years old. Yeah, and she kind of remembers uh, this woman. Her name's Sally. Uh, she remembers basically like what she look like as when she, when they were both younger obviously and uh sally tells her that she was put in a cryostasis after a space shuttle accident and Faye really can't remember much of it and then the granddaughter of sally comes up and then but Faye kind of just decides to sort of dip out of there and return back to the bebop well they're they're more um well at this point this is where you realize there's actually a bounty on fucking ed's father right apple Apple Deli, whatever his name. We'll just call him Apple from now on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just Apple because he has, he has like he has a pretty long name, but it's uh, Ed's father. Um, and it's not only just a uh, it's I mean it's a fifty million Wulong bounty for uh, for robbery. All right, so Jet and Spike decide to kind of well, they're, they're going for it. Yeah, they're heading after him, and it kind of switches back to Faye. She's trying to she's starting to remember a little bit more of her memories. Um, and it's, this is all like yeah pre cryo memories. And she, she kind of just says, oh, she needs to go somewhere, basically. Um, she kind of hops in her ship, and uh, Ed's kind of like hanging onto her ship, and Faye kind of says to Ed, hey, someone's waiting for you, too. You, you should go find them. Like, 
that find basically your sense of belonging, essentially, and then uh, Faye oh. kind of flies off. So basically, Jet and Spike and the crew they they locate where right. Edward's father is. Yep, they, they find Apple with uh, with his assistant, who is who is Mac actually. Yeah, and they're they're still working. They're basically trying to make a map of the new Earth, right? Like there's meteor showers yep. every two days or something like that. They, they try to tell him to come with him, but he just starts like pelting them with fucking eggs. Yeah. And uh, he's actually he's actually like a pretty badass because like he uh him and Spikes are going hand to hand, and he's just you know, he, he can just kind of block everything Spikes trying to do like relatively easily. Is this where Apple realizes who Ed is? Uh, yes. Well, because like the Bebop like crashes, and it's actually Ed who's controlling it with his little with her little uh remote. Mm-hmm. Um. And Apple looks up and actually uh, recognizes her and calls her, uh, uh, what, uh, what is he's, it, he calls her by her actual name. I just remember when he's like, are you my son or my daughter? I don't know, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he just straight pays him with like, oh, here's a dozen eggs. Oh, it's is, is it Francois or Francois or something like that? Uh, I think, uh, Francois? Francois, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but, uh, so... He pretty much pays him in eggs, but then you also find out like that wasn't fifty million, but it was only it was only fifty. Yeah, it was fifty point zero zero zero. It wasn't even a real bounty. Yeah, it was more of like, well, Ed put the bounty in, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, I think Ed just wanted to try and meet up with pops, basically. I just remember them wolfing down eggs. Yeah, that's pretty much how the episode ends. Just them wolfing down eggs, but um, as far as um, I know, Facey's she she starts to remember. Her, yeah, she finds her her like. All that's left of her home while she kind of goes off on her own. Yeah, and she starts to remember the space shuttle accident, which she was the lone survivor of. Mm-hmm. And then basically return to the back to the Bebop. Ed kind of heads off with Ein tailing behind her. And Jet, he's just chef again. Cooks Spike up some eggs. Uh, and Spike kind of, he, call, he calls for Spike basically saying like the food's ready. And then he realizes Spike's over and like his usual spot smoking a cigarette and he realizes that Spike's looking at like a message basically from Edward that says bye bye on the floor. Yep. In bright orange ass paint. Yeah, and so Spike and Jet they have their I mean these guys are throwing back eggs like it is. Yeah, they're just sitting there like, they, like they haven't eaten in days. Uh and then we kinda see Ed walking. Ein kinda catches up to him and Ed's like, Hey you can't come with me. Yada yada yada, and then eventually lets Ayn come with them, or her, I should say, and they basically just head off into the sunset. Yeah, and this is the uh, this is the last time we see Ed in the series. Um, her and I, and Ayn as well, they both are, have actually pieced out, which is fine, because um, now we're getting into pretty much the uh, the end here um, of the series. Yeah, I think that's the only episode with the CU Space Cowgirl, or it says something like that at the end. Be a Space Cowgirl someday, somewhere. Yeah, that's what it says, okay. But Chris, this this brings us to the, the two-part finale, the Real Folk yeah, Blues. So, yeah, not to, not to be confused with the River Folk Blues, which is what I kept calling them in the first episode. But yes, the, uh, the Real Folk Blues. The real ones. Um, <laughs> just, uh, this is obviously the series finale two-parter. Um, pretty much, it, it, it's... It mirrors a lot of, you know, what we had seen in the Jupiter Jazz episodes. Um, opens with Vicious, 
Um, he's going after the van, which is pretty much the elders that we had seen in those episodes. Um, pretty much just trying to overthrow them. Um, and at this point, um, it actually doesn't go well. And um, I want to say this just actually ends up being captured. Yep, they capture him, and basically, he asks them to kill him there, uh, and they're like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna break your spirit before we we kill you." We also see uh, right before this, we see a scene with Julia, mm-hmm. and she's listening to like a message that's warning her that uh, the Red Dragon are making the move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyhow, so now, meanwhile, back on the Bebop, or no, not back on the Bebop, I should say, back with the Bebop crew, which is really just Spike and Jet. They're they're kind of just having a a late night bender at this bar, and uh... Mm-hmm. well, now one of the things that we um, one of the things that we need to mention, um, and a lot of these flashbacks that we had seen throughout the series, um, the big flashback is the one where they have the um, um, the flashback of uh, Spike's last job with the Red Dragon, um, where he tells Julia he's leaving, um. She um and you know she warns him that it, like look they're gonna kill you if you try to leave but this is where Spike tries to fake his death um mm-hmm. but there's actually more there's actually more to this um you find out because um there's you know, talking about meeting in a meeting at a graveyard um yeah it's kind of like we can run away together yep and saying that she can't but she can't mm-hmm. um and that they can't um that they they can't just start over you know what i mean and we'll get into that because you see why this is a little bit further in yeah so basically they're at the bar they're just throwing back the drinks having a good time well not much of a good time they're kind of in a they're, they're kind of they're in having a, a time yeah and the next thing you know gunfire just starts ripping through the place takes out the bartender mm-hmm. they kind of hop over the counter they're kind of trying to fire back they not they take out a couple guys and then we're introduced to uh shin Who's another member of the Red Dragon? Yeah, it was literally Lin's brother. Yeah, Shin and Lin. Um, but basically, uh, and I think Jet Jet gets shot here. He gets hit like in the knee or something. Um, yeah, he gets yeah, get shot in the leg. And uh, Shin was basically working with Vicious uh, on their plan to kind of like overthrow the elders of the Red Dragon. Um, and yep, he, and he, pretty much the plan is now to pretty much if you were associated with Vicious, you're fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> you're fucking dead, Capiche. And uh. So, and that includes Spike and Julia, which is, um, and Shin actually tells Spike that Julia's here. Um, and they pretty much cover him while he, while he grabs Jet and they peace out. Yeah, and they head back, they get, they go to a doctor, get the bullets removed basically from Jet's leg. And this is where we see that flashback that you're talking about, Chris, with, with the Red Dragon, him talking to Julia and how... Maybe they can run away together, and she's like, oh, I can't do that, yada, yada, yada. Yep, well, and this is where you see, um, and then you kind of see the other end of that flashback, where uh, you see it, co- it goes to Julia. Um, she's, uh, she actually has Vicious holding, and this is in the flashback, has Vicious holding a gun to her head. Because mm-hmm. um, he caught wind that she was going to leave the syndicate. But pretty much, he wants Julia to kill Spike, um, and if he doesn't, he'll kill them both. Yep. Um, and this is and this is where you go back to that flashback where um, Julia has that note from Spike about uh, to meet him in the graveyard, and she rips it up and throws it out the window, which you see in a flashback in a much earlier episode. Right, right, right. And uh, this is where Faye, she's kind of chilling at the airport. Uh-huh. This is where we actually see uh, the guy from well, Julia and Faye. Well, 
also too. Yeah, well, he's the guy from a uh, fucking big shot. <laughs> big shot, yeah. But uh, this uh, Faye and Julia actually run into each other here. Um, who's also being pers- Julia is also being pursued by uh, Red Dragon Syndicate members. Yeah, you, you kind of see her car come speeding by, and Faye just kind of decides to help out, shoots out some tires, and then Julia just stops, picks up Faye, and then they take out one more car. And then they uh, they definitely uh, get a little chance to escape there. Um, and then well, she finds out that Faye's a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, it seems like Julia knows who that- Faye is, basically. And Faye, mm-hmm. Faye kind of gets a hint of her when she says her name is Julia. Yep. And then basically when she drops Faye back off, she's like, Hey, tell, tell Spike, Spike I'll be at the place. Yeah, and she's like, wait, what? How do you know I know Spike? And then, uh, mm-hmm. let's see. So now, meanwhile, like Jet and them, they're, or Spike and them, they're on their way to Tharsis. Because obviously any any trace of Julia, Spike's going to chase after. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, well, this is, and like Jet and, uh, again, Jet and Spike. Uh, like you're gonna have, they, they, they pretty much have a falling out, pretty much like the, for the rest of this fucking episode. Yeah, and then, um, I know Faye comes back basically to, to inform Spike of the information that she's figured out. Mm-hmm. And then of course Jet just fucking says, "No, you're only here so you can get your fucking ship fixed." <laughs> yeah, we get another call from old boy Bob. Yeah, uh, and he kind of tells us about the Red Dragon and that basically, j- basically just some more information about the Red Dragon, like the elders and vicious and what happened there. And why they yeah, were attacked at the bar. And Bob tells Jet he's, it's probably a good idea if he gets off Mars. Mm-hmm. And Jet's kind of like, eh, it's too late for that. Yep. Uh, and this is where the Bebop actually gets attacked, right? Uh, yeah. And then, um, basically, uh, they're kind of in like a little... Is it, I guess, is it Red Dragon people that are attacking them? Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it is. And yeah. uh, so they, they, they fight off. Uh, Faye jumps into her ship and they... they Take care of it, and uh, be, the Bebop's damaged. Jet just tells Spike, "Just, just go find Julia." Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Can you fly?" He's like, "Yep." He's like, "All right, well, don't worry about us. Just go." Yep. And this is where um, um, it cuts back to where they're actually getting ready to execute Vicious. Um, so his bird, I, I cannot remember his fucking bird's name. Uh, what's that fucking bird's name? Uh, well, they never say it in the show. I think it's like Cor Corm. Cormant, Cormant, Cormorant, something like that. I, I only know that from like the UFS car, uh, the UFS set. They actually have a card of it. Oh, okay. So that's uh, respect the lore, bro. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're getting ready to execute Vicious, um, and his bird actually, um, it, it, has, it has an explosive inside of it, and it actually uh, detonates, um, and it has a bunch of smoke bombs and shit in its carcass, <laughs> and. Um, and actually what happens here, it's almost like an internal coup. A lot of the soldiers, actually, they they reveal that they're loyal to Vicious. Um, and they kill, they kill the ones that aren't, and they free Vicious. And he, um, then he just goes up and kills the last of the elders. And now, um, the one that, only one that's alive. And this is where the, the episode pretty much ends. Um, with Vicious taking control of the syndicate, and Spike actually meeting up with Julia in the graveyard. Yep, Chris, and this... This leads us up to the, to the finale. To the fucking big bang finale. Um, the shit is gas. Um, so they are. I mean, they're they're in the, uh, the well. The episode opens up, or the, yeah, opens up with them in the graveyard. They're talking because she actually points her gun at Spike, um, and that she she just kind of tells Spike that um, she was supposed to kill him, but 
that she didn't because she loved him. Mm-hmm. And now she tells him, it's like, hey, I, I definitely want to want to want to run away with you now. Um. So then, and actually, um, actually, before we go too far, this episode uh, this episode doesn't actually play the intro at the beginning. I don't believe. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was just a thing on Hulu or if like when it actually aired, if it actually played the intro, but it didn't play the intro on Hulu. I know that for sure. Um, so that was one little interesting fact about this episode, but carry on. Oh, absolutely. But um, so then it cuts to back to the syndicate headquarters and Shin shows up just after they finally killed the rest of the van. Um, and Vicious um, asked Shin if he, if, did, did he do it? Did, is the target terminated? Um obviously referring to Spike, and he says uh, that he got away. And at that point, uh, he, he kind of shoots Shin a very, uh, a very, yes. like, kind of a, a cryptic warning, like, hey, don't follow in Lin's footsteps. Right, and then it, we we flash to uh, the Spike and Julia. They're rolling in Julia's car, and they're actually going to Annie's. Yeah, the woman. girl Annie, which we haven't seen her since episode 11. Well, truth be told, we haven't seen any of these characters since, uh, since the um, Jupiter Jazz mm-hmm. two-parter. Yeah, and Spike kind of he realizes it looks like somebody's already been there. Um, so they enter, yep. they find out that uh, Annie's actually been shot. And uh, but you know what? Know what about Annie? Annie ain't no fucking snitch. <laughs> Annie ain't no snitch. Yeah. So That's Annie kind of informs Spike on like that the elders have been assassinated, that Vicious has taken over. Uh, Julia yep. Julia comes in. Annie's Annie's like, oh, you you found Julia. She's like, she's really happy about that. Um, and then Annie actually, she bites the bullet here and, uh, huh, she dies. That's funny she got shot. Yeah, yeah. Very, very sad pun there. <laughs> um, but then oh. Spike goes in the back and grabs some of, like, the weaponry that Annie's been holding on to and, uh, starts loading up the shotgun, grabbing the uh-huh. C4. And, uh, Julia kind of realizes now, like, Spike's. He's after his rival. He's going to take care of him. And uh, basically she's like, all right, well, I'm going to stay by your side until the end. Yep. And then you just kind of get like a brief respite and get back onto the bebop where they, you know, Jet and Faye are just having a talk and um, just, you know, he, Jet's kind of like, he's probably already dead and doesn't want to go after Spike. Um, he's saying, you know, he's got his own shit he's dealing with. Um, and then like she... Um, I remember Jet... Ask Faye, like, what kind of woman Julia is. Yeah, and, and this is where I kind of wish that Faye was just, like, a total bitch for the whole time. She's like, oh, like, because he thinks she's, like, bad and evil. She's, like, the, the combination, she's, like, sweet and sour. She's good and evil. She, you know, kind of has both. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can, like I don't know. I'm to think, the best way to kind of decipher what she said is, like, she she's good, but she just is going to cause nothing but trouble. So then, you know, we go back to, they fucking put the pedal to the fucking floor again. Now they're getting back. There's a gunfight here at uh, Annie's shop. Um, so they they get out, they escape to the second floor. Um, and now we're going to have a nice little rooftop chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens here, so fucking Julia gets shot. Yeah, they're escaping, shooting some people, and then they're kind of running along the rooftops. And Spike's a little bit farther ahead of her. He takes out a guy. And she, he fucking blasts Julia, um, and then we have the 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 you know cue the call, cue the uh, song by Cutting Crew that I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> um, so you know she um, she's 
she says some last words to him and just dies right there in his arms. Yeah, and this and is and this is where Spike just he's done. He is fucking done. Yeah, and uh, this is kind of like a a typical thing you see in a lot of animes where you don't hear what the character says. So like yep. she's she's talking, but you don't you don't really know what she says yet, at least. Um, and you'll see this in a lot of animes. Um, but yeah, Spike he's now he's out for complete revenge. Um, he's got nothing left to lose, really. Yeah, and then uh, it, it kind of cuts to a, a real quick thing with Jet um, looking out, um, seeking out Laughing Bull, which we've seen in the previous episodes. Um, and it kind of goes back to the talking about the stars and everything. And this is something that was again, you they, I guess the last time they were speaking about falling stars and shooting stars and guardians, they were talking more so about Grin mm-hmm. in the last episodes. But it seems like now they're they're definitely talking about uh, Spike, um, obviously because they they predict that his star is about to fall. Blah blah blah. Right. Um, but enough of that bullshit. Now, now we're now we're back into like the gas because so, Vicious now shows up at Annie's store and finds you know, some traces of Julia, and he he's you know, Spike will come after me, um, which we know what this means. Um, we're gonna have that we're gonna have that uh, that last little final fight at the um, I believe it's at the Syndicate headquarters, but we'll come back to that. Yeah, this is where we Spike returns the Bebop, and uh, this is kind of like Spike and Jet's like last little like meal together. He's like, hey, you got anything to eat? And, uh, and they, they have a good story about cats, and Spike hate cat, hates cats. And mm-hmm. yeah, they share their little stories. They uh, they have a, a somewhat of a meal. He says it still tastes bad, but you know. Yeah, and he, he lets he lets um he lets Jet know that Julia's dead. Um, <clears throat> then then he gets up to go, and Spike and uh, Faye have their last little moment. Yeah, where Faye, she like points a gun at him, and uh, she kind of really accuses him of still being stuck in his past. Where like, basically, kind of calls him out on what like the stuff that he would say to her. Um, basically, he's, she's trying to tell him not to go because she doesn't. Essentially, Faye doesn't want him to die. She doesn't really say it. She doesn't come out and fully say it, but that's essentially what it means. Like that's what yeah. she's trying to get across. Yeah, Faye, Faye's like she's she's. I mean, they've become family at this point, right? Like for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, um, and she doesn't want him to throw his life away. And this is where Spike has like the iconic line where he goes, I'm not going there to die. I'm going to find out if I'm really alive. Yep, and then he has to, he has to go through with it. Um, and of course, she's frustrated. She fires, she does the old, you know, fires her gun up into the air, fires it into the wall. I don't remember which one she does. Um, but, you know, tears up as Spike walks away. So now we go, Spike gets on his swordfish, and then we got some flashbacks of him meeting Julia. The same flashbacks we've seen, him fighting with Julia, uh, him with Julia fighting with Vicious, um, and then of course there's some scenes just back on the Bebop, like Faye being upset, Jet doing normal, you know what he normally does, uh, cooking, cleaning, all that, and then you know Vicious preparing for Spike to show up at the Syndicate headquarters. Um, and then we kind of have like you know Spike showing up at the headquarters, and then we kind of have like this uh, this Matrix moment where Spike just fucking goes to town. Just he is guns ablazing, and just fights his way through through the, the the lobby. You know, blows up the escalator, just kills dudes left and right. Um, I mean, I want, he, he's taking he's taking some shots here, if I'm not mistaken. At this oh, point, oh yeah, yeah, he's definitely getting injured here. Oh. Yeah, he's get, he's get, he's getting bopped. Um, and then he, he pops into the elevator, loads up his gun, um, kill um, 
fucking guns a blazing. Um, he actually, and here he actually runs into Shin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shin lets him know that hey, this is on the top floor. Um, and he presses that as I was as the elevator's closing. Shin actually gets gunned down right here. Well, they they make it a little bit farther. They take out a couple more guys, and then right okay. before. They get to like where Vicious is. Uh, Shin takes a bullet. That's right, yeah, because I know he gets gunned down here. Yeah. Um, and he has some. And, he has some like final words to Spike. Um, yeah, like he like they've been waiting for Spike to come back and take over the syndicate, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now here we go. This is the this is the final fight between two former partners and best friends, and like this is it, like. You know, and Vicious just really tells Spike that, yeah, look, I, you're the only one who can kill me and set me free. So then they have this kind of, uh, this duel of the fates thing where they end up, uh, you know, fighting and they disarm each other. And then they have the, uh, the whole thing where they, they Spike has, uh, Vicious's sword, Vicious has Spike's gun. They're like, she's dead, man. Let's just end this. And then they give each other back their weapons. Um. Yeah, Spike shoots and Vicious slices and. Yep. And then, uh. So Vicious falls to the ground dead. Um, so then you get the flashback. You can finally see what Julius said, that it was all a dream. And then Spike says, just a bad dream. Um, and this is where you kind of get like the uh, the iconic scene where, um, you know, he's going down the stairs um, towards the, there's a, there's a group of syndicate guys. Um, and it just closes up. You get the close up on Spike's face. and He just says, bang. And, yeah, with the finger Collapsed is right there on the ground. Yeah, with the finger guns and uh. Yep. Yep, our hero is uh no more. So. And then, and then uh, the last thing, the last words you see here, you're gonna carry that weight. Yep. Fuck. Fuck, man! What a way to end this show. Um. So that is all 26 episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Um. You know, there were some moments in the back half, like I said. Um. We talked about this kind of at the start. I didn't. At, the more I watch the back half, the more I like it, and the more I like it more than the first half. Even though it does have my least favorite episode, um, I think overall some of the like the deeper plots. There's there are some episodes that I feel like there there's not a lot going on, but it's good like character development. Does that make any sense? No, yeah, absolutely. Like the guys listening, like people listening to the podcast will know like which episodes we really care about here. Like there's. Probably like my le- three least favorite episodes are in this back half, but there's so many good episodes that it really outweighs it. And well, I think well, that, then the payoff is worth it, right? Like you get to see the end, and what an end it is. Um, yeah, Chris, I actually want to ask you, like, what did you think when you first saw this, like the whole series essentially, and then this ending? Like, what were your thoughts on it? Like the um, first time I, you, I, I wish it, I wished it was long. Um, I wished it was longer, and I wish there, there were some more episodes with uh, Vicious. I wouldn't have mind just seeing an episode with just Vicious. Um, you know, maybe an episode without any of the Bebop guys. Just something about Vicious, so we can. Kind of, I, I would have liked to have seen his perspective on what got them to this point. Um, I think that would have been a nice interjection somewhere in this twenty-six episode series. Um, but overall, I, I, it definitely stands the test of time. It has everything you want. It has. Amazing music, amazing dialogue. Um, even even though it uses that monster of the week kind of formula, villain of the week formula, each of the episodes, for the most part, are they're they're all very compelling. And one of the things too, um, 
you start to see some mirrors from the individual episodes that go into the overarching story. Like the whole thing with Julia dying, you're immediately reminded of the very first episode when Katarina um, dies with asthma. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that same kind of, you know, they want to run away together. Spike and Julia run a, want to run away together. So these little individual stories, these missions that they're on, they're all just tied into Spike's past and they're all tied into everything that's happened. So um, the show just gets better every time I watch it, except for uh, Boogie Woogie Feng Shui. Fuck that episode. I'm being more, I'm being more harsh. I, I think it's a good episode, but it's one that... I, it's my least favorite, but again, even it being my least favorite is still better than the best episode on some animes. Um, mm, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, do, I would do wish we got more of the vicious backstory just because like, we kind of always see that scene where Spike and him are back to back, but we don't have much context there. Like, I wish we got, to, maybe even if we could just get that little scene in an episode or something like yeah, or you're like, yeah, give us that mission. Give us that. Give us an episode of that mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, I, the only my only real gripe though is Faye's backstory. I thought it was kind of lackluster. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want her to have. I, I really, honestly, I don't think she needed a backstory. Yeah. I think we just needed uh, to be introduced to a terrible con woman who actually came to like start caring about people other than herself because they genuinely started to care about her. Right. I think that really what I would have liked to have seen from Faye. So, but I agree with you. And I think I, I, okay. I can understand Ed nine just kind of coming and going. Cause they, they just kind of popped into their lap. But I do think like really at the end of the day, Ed was just using the bebop a to kind of get back to that point. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems like it was all just fun and games for Ed. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a good way to have her and I kind of like sign off because they're like the like you said before like the shag and scoop they're like the kind of like comedic relief. And yep. these these last few episodes, there is no there is no comedy at all. Like, oh yeah, like they they when you look at the last two episodes, there was no place for Ed or I. Right. There was nothing for them to do. I mean, really, there was nothing much for Jed or Faye to do, other than be upset that Spike's piecing out. Um, and also too like. Maybe, like, you have to realize, maybe at some point in the show there was a moment where you're like, oh, well, Spike's just not going to make it through this this show. But you never know. Because, um, I mean, clearly, uh, and I want to say to me, it was the Mad Perot episode where you kind of realize that I don't think Spike's going to survive this show. Because um, there's some, like, dialogue moments there and just kind of the way that just how everything in that episode shakes down. Uh, to me, I just got that vibe immediately that he wasn't going to live. Um Yes, yeah, I, no, I, mean, I, I didn't see it coming when I was younger and I first watched this all the way through. It kind of caught me off guard because like, you don't see a lot of shows where your main character actually dies. Like That doesn't happen often. No, it's true. It's very, very true. Um, but no, dude, um, and, and it definitely shows. Uh, you know, This show won just so many accolades um, the first couple of years it was out. Multiple Anime of the Year awards. Um, you can't look at a top anime of all time list without finding it in the top 10 on most of those lists and within like the top 25 on every other list. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also served as a major inspiration for a lot of, uh, Western, uh, writers and directors. Um, Ryan Johnson's one that comes to mind. Who's gone out of his, gone on record saying that like Cowboy Bebop was 
just just way before its time, like super um, um, inspirational, um, just really great storytelling. Um, so you you, know, you have names like that, like these people know, like uh, there's so much influence that comes from this show, and you know almost every anime that comes after it, um, a lot of movies. When you like these movies that kind of have these genre bending, um, especially nowadays, like you can't help but think of Cowboy Bebop when you see this stuff. Um, and that's I mean that's why I think it's I think it's just one of the best of all time. I mean, hands down. If it's not, it's it's in my top three of all time. No, yeah, absolutely. Like the show, like has a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. Like I know a lot of people that don't even enjoy anime, and they've seen this show, and we'll talk about it. Like, yeah, like, and I'm glad you said it that way. I think um, you know we we chose this one first for a reason to kind of go through. Um, and kind of give synopses on just because it's it's worth watching. It is one hundred percent worth watching. And I think um, you know you had the question last week uh, from someone. I believe it was when it wasn't your brother. Was it that asked a good start? No, your brother asked if we're going to do older anime. Yeah. But the person who asked for like a good starter anime, it doesn't get much better than that. No, yeah. In fact, honestly, it might be too good for a starter anime because whatever you watch after it is going to be a step down. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's gonna be hard to to beat it. I know we're gonna be having like a, a little ranking system with all the shows we go through on on this. So currently, Cowboy Bebop sitting number one sitting at number one. Stay there for a while. Um, but also too, like the, the, our, our our Bebop journey isn't over. We've gone through the series, but next week we're actually gonna cover the movie, which takes place between episodes twenty three, uh, twenty two, and twenty three. Mm-hmm. So um, you, get, you get the full crew. And we're going to cover the Mishmash Blue. Yep. And then so poss- possibly that little VT side story. We're going to look into that and we'll find out. Yep. Absolutely. Um, um, so with that being said, Cody, anything before we uh, before we get to our last piece of business on this bad boy? Uh, just one little small topic. Uh, news for us, obviously. Uh, we're now available on iTunes, guys. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking. Uh, that's where I listen to all my podcasts. So. If you guys just search Shonen and Suds, uh, we are now available on iTunes. Uh, but oh, is that, is that special? Oh yeah, but Chris, now it is. I believe it's time for us to get to our uh, our uh, our nominees for our next anime to watch. Yes, yes. So th- this is what we want to do. We wanted to pick Bebop first for a reason to kind of hey, not only not only get our flow because I think I-, I can definitely see the way we do this evolving in the future but we also wanted to make it a little more interactive moving forward we wanted to kind of set the foundation with a top quality anime and now we're just going to open the floodgates like Cody said we talked about this on our very first episode we're going to let you guys choose what we're going to watch next now it's not just going to be a fucking free-for-all we got to manage this somehow right <laughs> so we've got four nominees now Chris why don't you go through how we're going to decide each of our two nominees. So we, the way we did our two nominees, the way we're going to do them each week, is going to be one we've seen and one we haven't seen, either a movie or a series. Or we haven't, um, or we haven't seen all the way through. Also, yes, yes. Now some of these are shows that are still going on. So with that being said, if we pick a show that's still going on, we'll watch as much as is available, and then when new stuff comes out, we'll jump back into it just to kind of stay on top of it. Um. So with that being said, uh, my two nominees, um, I actually went with uh, the one that I've seen. Excuse me. Oh, I got the, the vodka burps. <laughs> uh, the first one uh, is the one that I've seen, and that's uh, Fire Force. Um, I actually really, really like that show, and I think it's uh, one that um, 
if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. Um, and the one that I haven't seen that I've been curious about is Assassination Classroom. Uh, Cody, what are your two? Sorry, I'm just writing these down real quick. Um, so the one that I haven't seen, I have seen the first season, but I haven't seen the the follow-up season, uh, which is One Punch Man. Uh-huh. And that's actually one I have not watched all the way through. I've only seen like a couple episodes, honestly, and I feel like I'm slacking. Okay. And then uh, for the one that I have seen, I was going to choose Death Note, but Chris, we talked a little bit before the podcast about an anime I've been itching to watch again. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with it. I'm going to go with uh, Afro Samurai. Well, that's a good, that's a good, so I, 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 I think no matter what gets picked, we win. We all win. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Fire Force or Assassination Classroom and I haven't finished One Punch Man and I haven't seen Afro Samurai and probably not since the last time I watched Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it's been a long time. So guys, we're going to, we'll be posting that poll on our Facebook page. We might post it on the Twitter page. I made it, but I, I, I'm not a Twitter guy. Chris, I don't think are you a Twitter guy? No, I'm not. I don't even have a Twitter account. I don't tweet. I don't tumble. I don't Reddit. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't Instagram. I don't Snapchat. I'm an old fuddy duddy. Yeah. So if you guys want to follow us at the Twitter, it's at Shonen and so S H O N E N A N D. You can type in Shonen and Suds and it'll pop up. But I think the the actual at cut us off at Shonen and so we'll have the poll there and on the Facebook page whenever we post this episode. So guys, please vote. If you want to vote twice, if there's like, if you really want to watch Fire Force or whichever one of these shows, you can vote on the Facebook and then go to the Twitter and vote again. Um, and that poll will get cut off probably Saturday night because we usually yeah. we usually try to record these on Sundays. Um, so we'll probably cut it, that poll off at like Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning, yeah. and then we'll announce the we'll announce the winner obviously on the next episode. Because then, because we need a week to watch whatever it is. Because we'll also, because we got to do our research at that point. We got to figure out right, well, how many episodes is this? How do we want to break it up? You know, what do we? You know, we, you know, Cowboy Bebop again was kind of easy because it was short and it you could break it into two even parts minus the movie and the extra stuff. So three weeks, of, you know, whatever we pick next could end up being you know a three or four week endeavor. We just got to see how we need to break it up to make it a manageable you know chunk. Mm-hmm. But we'll burn that bridge when we get to it because we gotta we gotta have to let you guys pick what we're gonna watch next. That's right, and we got knocking on heaven's door next week, guys. So if you uh, haven't, such a good fucking movie it is such a good movie. Yeah, so guys, if you haven't seen it, please check it out and follow along with us. Um, yeah, and I'll I'll say this in advance: if you don't know if you want to bite off twenty six episodes, you can spend the eighty seven minutes or whatever it is to watch the fucking movie. The movie is so good, yeah. so good. But yeah, Chris, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, man. Um, I just, uh, if anybody's watching or anybody, you know, please, when we post these, you know, we would love to hear some feedback. Um, we want to make sure, I think we're trying to figure out really how to format this as we go. Um, sometimes, you know, we try not to do a deep dive into these episodes, but we end up talking about them from stem to stern. Um, we want to make sure that, we're keeping you guys engaged. If you have an idea of how, you know, maybe you'd like to see an episode run, how would, how do you think it should be formatted? Like we're always open to feedback. We're only two episodes in. We're definitely going to grow and evolve as we're going through this. So, you know, the point is we want to do it together. We want this to be an interactive cast. We want you guys to, you know, to, to really know that your feedback we take to heart and it matters. Um, so any thoughts about improving this? Um, again, you know, 
make sure you vote on the on the polls that we're going to have or what you want to see next. Um, any questions, viewer mail, you know, we, we want we want this stuff. We want it to be as engaging as possible. Um, so yeah, please, yeah. yeah, any feedback is super helpful. We're just we're just trying to have some fun with this. You know, we're all we're all stuck at home together, man. So let's uh, let's make the most of it. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, but yeah, guys, so just be sure to follow the Facebook page at Shonen and Suds and vote on this poll. And guys, we'll see you next week. I'm I've been Cody Snodgrass. This is your old pal Chris Adams. We're signing off. Your old chum. And Chris, you want to say that classic line for us? We'll see you, space cowboy.